Welcome to another post-retirement edition of the Dojo Talk podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. This is technically episode number 179. If you're interested, you can go listen to our full backlog. Uh, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be able to find it. Shout out to the YouTube people who are probably confused because all the uploads gaming content and here's this random fight thing. <laughs> yeah, guys, had a past life. I used to talk about combat sports a lot. I still do some dubs. There are literally hundreds and hundreds, probably right. thousands of hours of us talking about combat yeah. sports. <laughs> it's a lot of time spent talking about people getting uh, punched and kicked in the face. And of course, not doing it by myself. I'm with my co-host, Antaku. First of all, happy belated, and how goes it? How you doing, man? I am doing good, and thank you very much. Um, it's been a wonderful week uh, for combat sports, and it's so like, we burnt ourselves out trying to cover every UFC event. We did, and I can't. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't imagine. If we had kept going and we were stuck covering like Holly Holm, Myra Bueno Silva, <laughs> I would have quit. <laughs> like, yeah, I think at some point I would have been like, "That is, I can't." We we yeah. did, I don't think we knew it, but we stopped at the perfect time. Yeah, we got out right before it got too weird, and cards were just. You just start looking at cards like, "What is this? <laughs> what is happening right now?" Like, why am I watching uh, this card, random card from like Des Moines? Yeah, and it's like, oh no, this is just a UFC card. This, right. is, this is just who they got. And the uh, the the feature about is some dude from the Contender Series that I've never seen before. And the main event was the number fifteenth ranked light heavyweight. <laughs> this is whoever man, y'all is. Like, man, we have gotten cards where there is literally like one ranked fighter on the entire card, which is wild. Because the UFC has like what ten divisions? Yeah, it's getting it's getting weird out here. T- ten cha- t- ten champions, fifteen rank fighters. It's a lot of people. Yeah, it's, a... it's like a third. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like a third of their roster. Yeah, it's a lot to not have these cards. A little, I don't know. I don't know what the UFC is doing. We got out at the right time. Yeah, as we as we but, said. Yes, but this is one of those weeks where it's just like. There's a reason we're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, we we had a we had a little little hit list of, of fights that we said would would bring us out of retirement. And what was crazy is little did we know the last episode we did was uh Jones versus uh Don, which was about four months ago. <laughs> little did we know, um, you know, the the last fight on our checklist to bring us out of retirement was Errol Spence versus Terrence Crawford, which you can see the thumbnail if you're on YouTube or if you're on SoundCloud, you see the title, so you already know part of what we're talking about. But little did we know when we said we would cover that fight that it would also happen in the same timeline as Poirier Gaethje 2, as Bellator versus Ryzen, and what, a week or two after Inway Fulton? Like, <laughs> like five days? Yeah, so... This this week has been jam packed. Um, it's almost underselling to say a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Um, so we won't unfortunately get to cover everything, but we're gonna try to at least. Uh, we're gonna touch on Spence Crawford. Uh, Emily Fulton was a big deal, so we're gonna talk about that. Um, over UFC two ninety one, can't promise a great breakdown of Bellator versus Ryzen. Um, it'll 
we'll, we'll do some little footnotes. Um, I'll be Man, full trans. One o'clock in the morning. Yes. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like we want to expect. We want to stand up to watch all that, and it, it was just it was a lot going on this weekend. There were a lot of hands and, and hands and feet being thrown. Uh, full transparency for the listeners. If I sound tired, it's because I am. Um, I unfortunately didn't see any of these fights in real time because I was in the ER last night. Okay, health is good. Had to take a, a safety precaution. Um, so I had to watch everything this morning. I saw little bits and pieces while I was in the ER, but my reception was really spotty. So I didn't uh, to see everything in real time like I wanted to. And I've, I've, I was hurt because I missed out on some... Last, last night was fun. There was some a lot of happenings, a lot of things going on. So we got a lot to cover, so we're just going to jump right into it. Kick, kicking it off. No need to, to bury the lead. Fight that, man, we've been waiting for for God knows how long. The fight that seemed like it was going to get made, then it wasn't, then it was. And it's like, all right, boxing, what are we doing? But finally got it. Undisputed. Welterweight title. Terrence Crawford. Errol Spence, what a time to be alive. Right. Once again. Like, what, a, what a wild, like, everything about this fight, from how it played out to, like, why it took so long to, like, come about is just, it, 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 it highlights the absurdity of all combat sports, but boxing in particular. Yeah. This fight was floated in like 2018, and neither guy wanted it. And there was a actually legitimate reason why neither guy wanted it. Um, so uh, do you know the reason, my uh, sensei? Yeah. So, uh, Terrence Crawford's former promoter is uh, the infamous Bob Arum. Promoter, former promoter for dudes like uh, you know Mom Ali. And Floyd Mayweather, and most importantly, Manny Pacquiao, who was still on Golden Boy's roster in like not Golden Boy Top Rank's roster in 2018, 2017, 2018. So, in order, uh, Terence Crawford was like this up and he had just unified all the titles at 140 pounds. He was like being talked about as the best skilled, most skilled boxer. Um, in the sport, and this is like after that period when Floyd left, mm. and we didn't really have like a solidified number one new guy. So people are talking about Crawford as being that guy. And Crawford's contract came up. And Crawford had the choice. He could go to the PBC or he could stay with Bob. Because PBC at the time had Danny Garcia, they had Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, uh, they had what's his name? Um just just like a bunch of uh I I think they they weren't with Kelbrook, but they, I think they had Amir Khan. Point being, they had like a bunch of these guys at like 147 pounds. And then they had this like up and comer in Errol Spence. Um, and they, all, they, they had like a monopoly on the welterweight division, but they didn't have Manny Pacquiao. Right. So Terrence Crawford signs a deal with Bob Arum because he wants a pay per view fight with Manny Pacquiao, who's still signed with top rank and Bob Arum promises Terrence Crawford this fight. This is, this is the, 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 the allegation I, I should say uh, from the Crawford team where he's like, Bob Arum promised me the fight with Manny Pacquiao. I signed the contract. 
Not even like three months later, Manny Pacquiao leaves Bob Arrow <laughs> and goes signs with PBC and is off to go fight like, oh my God, who did he fight immediately after leaving? Um, eventually it led to him fighting your Dennis Ugas because he was supposed to fight um, he was supposed to fight Errol Spence who got an eye who had an eye injury in the month leading up to the fight so he ended up fighting Ugas who ended up beating him basically derailing any like steam left he had in his career so Bob Arum is stuck paying Terrence Crawford like three million dollars a fight basically to fight whoever he can find so he's fighting like Jose Benavides. He's fighting like Jeff Horn. And Terrence Crawford's I pissed because he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao. Bob Arum is pissed because all these he's paying all this money for like their TV fights. They're not pay-per-view fights. Right. <laughs> and Bob Arum does what he always does when he starts paying people money. Like and they're not like his Hispanic or specifically Mexican or like Asian. Um, he starts talking shit about them to the media. <laughs> so we were me and you weren't watching boxing in like two thousand like four or five or whatever. But at the around that time, Bob Aaron was promoting Floyd Mayweather, and famously after a bad, uh, admittedly bad Floyd Mayweather uh, fight. Bob Arum went into the post-fight interview and said, I can't sell this guy. He'll never draw money. Hmm. We saw how that turned. <laughs> yeah. We saw how that turned up. Not even a year later, um, after he gets out of his deal with Bob Arum, Floyd Mayweather is selling had sold like 1.2 million pay-per-views fighting dudes like um Ricky Hatton. He beat the bricks off of. <laughs> yes. I can't remember who was after that. It was somebody else. But point, point being, Bob Arum's an idiot. Who likes to undercut his fighters. Which is why the Errol Spence fight never got made in all those intervening years. Because Bob Arum hates Al Heyman. And will never do business with him. And led us to having to wait until <laughs> 2023. Until Terrence Crawford is officially out of his top-ranked contract and just can be a free agent. Right. But you know what? I'll at least say I'm glad it... I guess I, it would have been nice to see this a couple years ago. I'm, I'm glad it still happened just while both men are still good. Like, I'm glad they're not in their washed years and we got this, like, five years down the road when nobody would have cared yeah. anymore. Um, I, I, I'm curious how this would have gone pre-car accident and eye injury for uh, Spence, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we could just get into it, I guess. Yeah, let's 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 just get into it, man. Crawford and Spence. Um, I'll 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 jump out. I've even the years when I wasn't a huge boxing fan, like Spence was like was trying to keep an eye on. Um, so I've always been a Spence guy. That's who I was uh, rooting for going into this fight. But I knew Crawford was that dude. Um, and some of my fears that I never said out loud <laughs> came to came to play in this fight. And I noticed them pretty early. 
Um, see, we'll just we'll just jump into it. So yeah, I was I was I was hoping for Spence. Um, kind of like what he does. He's a heavy heavy volume, high pressure. Not not necessarily like a knockout artist, but just somebody who can just kind of overwhelm you. And after a while, it's like, bro, like this man just keeps punching. Like he just doesn't he just doesn't stop. Yeah, he he he's he's like a juggernaut. Like yeah. he just he will come forward, put you on the ri- the ropes or the ring post, and he will just pound away at you. Mm-hmm. And he will so, do it for the entire fight until you're just you have no answers left. You have nothing else to give. Um, yeah, ex- yeah. So I, I, um, Spence was actually like the first guy I bought a ticket to go see for like a boxing match. Hmm. Um, I went out to I think it was on Coney Island. And he was fighting um, Leonardo, like a forty-year-old Leonardo Bundu, I think was his name. Who Bundu was like a solid, like middle-of-the-road type welterweight, but he was like old. Hmm. And he just marched that man down for like I think it was like seven rounds and just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> like he just felt bad. It looked like a like this dude beating up on his dad. <laughs> That's terrible. Dad tried to instill discipline on his son. His son's like, no, it's my, it's my, to give me, it's my belt. Give me the belt. You can't take my Xbox from me, Dad. <laughs> oh man! But like leading up, you know, I've I've seen a couple of of Crawford fights. Uh, obviously, I think I've, I've watched more Spence than Crawford. But the one thing about Crawford that had me worried about this fight was, um, I've seen Crawford fights where like. You don't look for a couple rounds like he's not even really doing a whole lot. Like he's just kind of there, he's kind of feeling things out, and then out of nowhere, it's over. And he'll just unleash something, and the other guy's staring at the ceiling. And he was going. Did you see that clip from the Sean Porter fight? Yes. That was going around on Twitter this week. No, the actual fight was like an interview. Uh, no, it was the actual fight. So it was him in the corner right before the final round of the fight. Um, I, I think it was like the eleventh round. Yeah, the eleventh round. It was right, like between the tenth and eleventh round. Um, Spence is in the corner and he's like asking Bo Mac, "I'm up, I'm up," and Bo Mac's trying to give him the focus, but one of his other, like someone else in the corner is like, uh, "He's up," and then Crawford's like, "He's up," and he keeps he keeps saying, it. "He's up, he's up, he's up." He's like he's like talking over Bo Mac, not even listening to the word he says, <laughs> and he's like, "Okay," and then he gets up. And not even like twenty seconds later, he drops Porter with an uppercut. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes like, sense. The, the, like for like MMA fans, like imagine if like Yoel Romero wasn't an old man and had like Anderson Silva's like skill set. Right. Where he can like just like he there he's making all these reads throughout the fight and it looks like he's not doing much some of the time but like you said he'll just turn it on and, and it's over that, in an instant that kind of i don't see kind of what happened in this fight so I, I'll, I'll jump in so first thing i noticed watching i'm like all right first 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 couple rounds i'm going to exclude the knockdown even though that was the thing that happened my my to me, there was a clear, there was a certain round, and then that round moving forward where I knew Spence was in trouble. Um, <laughs> so 
I know like the first round kind of a kind of a feeling out. Um not a whole lot going on, but you know, Spencer's working the jab, he's trying to pressure, but you know, they're kind of feeling each other out. And I thought Spencer's first couple rounds were going okay, minus the knockdown when he kind of got caught reaching. Um but a little a little two piece for it. Whether it was off balance or knockout, whatever, he got tagged. <laughs> not put down. He sat on the mat. But I thought he was doing a decent job. He's he's throwing the jab. He's doing some body shots. He's pressuring. Um, not landing anything like crazy significant, but he's kind of like getting into the groove of the fight. I was like, okay, Spence, I, I see what's uh what's going on. But you kind of see Crawford. He's slowly he's making reads. Um, he, he what he what he did really well uh, was what um timing on that jab. Yes. Like I, I, the, one of the main reasons that um, Crawford was able to knock Spence down is because Spence was like, "Well, this guy is hitting me from like range. I need one. I need to get that back, and two, I can't let him like, I I, I can't let him dictate how like far the fight is coming from. So because like Spence was just like every time, um, not, uh, Crawford every time Spence would like step in with a jab." or, like, try to step in with a combination, uh, Crawford was interrupting with a jab of his own. Mm-hmm. And, and in the in the interceding, uh, in the uh, moments before the knockdown, uh, Crawford had literally hit him with a body jab, and Errol Spence, not realizing that Crawford was moving his feet back and, like, angling it out so that, like, the body wasn't available, tried to shoot a jab from, like, way too far out. Mm-hmm. To the point, like, he, he was basically doing the splits. Yeah, he was really, like, it looked like an ugly MMA punch where like they're clearly just off balance. Like it's like, yeah, this this not this not good. This not the guy you can do that against. And he got he got a two piece for his 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 efforts. Dropped with a jab. <laughs> yeah, nice little little, little stiff one. Um, and and to be fair, like it, it that looked like a balanced knockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got right back up and he kind of got like right back into it. And then. I started noticing kind of what you said more and more. I would say a little bit in the third and definitely in the fourth. I think by the fourth round, Crawford kind of had the timing down. And then he got a lot more comfortable engaging. You started to see the difference in hand speed. You started to see the difference in power. And I think once he took away Spencer's jab, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> he, Spence really didn't have like a secondary weapon to no. get him to the um to to the to the ropes, and whenever he did get to the ropes, it was because Crawford let him. Yeah, like took away that jab, it got ugly. Like he he tried to keep the jab up. He tried to do some. He, he landed a few good like body shots. Um, not for nothing. Like Spence's effort never waned in the fight. Like he was consistently trying to move forward. But you just started to see the more the fight played out. Like, he's getting with these combinations. Can't remember the round, but he got hit with a, a nasty uppercut. Like, you could start to see, like, he had no answer for this power. He had no backup. Mr. Jag was kind of gone. And it kind of felt like this is a guy that's fighting just... It looked like he's trying to figure something out. And he's just fighting to not lose. Like, I don't want to lose, but I really don't have an answer. So I'm going to just... <laughs> I'm going to just try harder. Yeah, I'm just going to try really hard. And I applaud the effort because, boy, he was getting tagged in some of these rounds. He was eating some nasty combos. Um, I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit. I want to say it was the seventh round. He got knocked down with that hook. 
Oof. Wait, which one? Good God. Because yeah. there, there's the one where I did. Did you see that punch? The one where he's like along the ropes? Because I didn't see it. All I remember was there was a hook knockdown, and I felt like he left his feet for it. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, this is... It, it felt like watching a friend get beat up really bad, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, so, the crazy part is, so while I was in the hospital, like, I was trying to read my Twitter timeline just to see what people were saying about the fight. And um, I was seeing a lot of, like, man, like, Crawford really beat the brakes off this guy. So when I first start the fight, I'm saying, like, even though, like, you know, we had the little off-balance knockdown or whatever, I'm like, this wasn't that bad. Like, just putting up a good fight. I don't know what y'all are talking about. And then as soon as they come to, like, round four, I was like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I see what's, uh, this is getting a little out of hand. <laughs> like, yeah, like, hit for its combinations are so, I was uh, talking to somebody else earlier, and it's like, I feel like Crawford, what he does, it doesn't like look like super flashy, but it's so effective and efficient. Like, I wish, I wish I, I could, I should have pulled up. I would love to see the stats of this fight because it feels like Crawford, like if it was the NBA equivalent, this man was shooting like 60, 70 percent. Still, bro, like he was when he it wanted to like land, he was he landing. Yeah, like he was doing some some good damage, and like I said, when he started. Popping that jab out to counter Spence. Spence was just face started getting busted up. Cuts start coming, hooks start coming, and I'm seeing this hand speed difference. I'm like, oh man, Spence is in trouble. This is this is not good. Yeah, this is not good. I mean, like, so the 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 selling point for this fight for everybody um, has always been like, oh, Spence is like too big for 147. He is, um, you know, he's too strong. He can put anybody on the ropes and beat them up there. He's going to do that to Crawford. Um, and even if he doesn't stop him, by the time Crawford figures out how to get out of that situation, he'll be down so much that, like, you he'll know, be uh, he'll, he'll be down. He'll, even if he gets, like, a knockdown, it, it probably won't matter because Spence will be up on the cards. All right. I, I, I think when this fight was originally pitched, I did pick Spence. But like, like I said, he's, this man has been through some shit in the past like four years. Like, apparently he had like a drinking problem for a while. Um, then he crashed his car at 120 miles yeah. per hour. Yeah. Um, the eye injury. He's only fought once since like 2011, uh, 2021. Um, and like, outside of like Ugas. Like, all his opponents have been, like, significantly smaller than him. Um, and we're talking... And, and, like, the, in the Porter fight, um, that fight was, like, super close. Like, if it wasn't for that knockdown, there's a chance Spence loses the yeah, fight. Yeah, that could have went the other way. Um, now, and I'm... Si- oh, God. I was going to say, I, and one thing I noticed, after he came back from the car crash and he was gone for a while... It seemed like he was just really happy to be fighting again. And it felt like mm-hmm. he was getting really comfortable just having these kind of wild, like, these wild, I don't even know if I'm going to call them brawls, but I don't know. He was getting a little more gun, he was getting a little trigger happy out there. Um, he, they, I, I think a part of it is, and I, I, this is a thing I don't think um, we, everybody, like, 
there's another thing I noticed in the Crawford fight because I saw them on, I think it was like Thursday or Friday, doing the stare down. I'm like, Terrence Crawford is every bit as big as Earl Spence. Like, maybe across the back, Spence is a little bigger, but like, they 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 don't look like they, this doesn't look like one guy is coming up from 140 or 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 even 135 because that's where uh, Crawford fought forever ago against Gamboa. Um, and then the other one is like a natural 147 or who's about to move up to 150. They looked like two. They looked like there looked like there was no size. The, the size difference was like overblown by like a lot. Yeah, definitely was. Yeah. You, you and were, when you I saw that, you would have thought I this looked like. like oh, Vincent Henderson yeah. versus uh Brandon Thatch from back in the day. The way people talked about the side difference, that was not the case at all. Yeah, I was, that was I, not I the sat case. there, I was like, oh, let's go to knock him out. Because and I you know, I, I, I picked him to knock uh Spence out late. Um because one, if Spence does not have that like size advantage where he's just able to put you somewhere and keep you there, he's not really all that fast. Like, he can shoe shine with the best of them. And if you hang out on the ropes, he's going to, like, you know, he's going to let go like he's on the heavy bag. But, like, if he has to deal with you in open space, if he has to deal with you, like, uh, if he has to deal with you at range and then he has to deal with you, like, he has to muscle you to some position. Yeah. And you're able to hang with him there. I'm not sure how sophisticated his game is. Yeah, because he, he was trying his best to make this an ugly, grommy fight, and it wasn't that. I think it was, like, the second round. Like, he tied, he tried to tie up with Terrence Crawford, and Crawford or just pushed just him. <laughs> he pushed him like pushed a kid. Off, like, three feet. Yeah, bro, get off me. Like, stop playing. And, and like, like, Crawford, yeah, and Crawford has, like, a, he was, like, an amateur wrestler. He was, like, a high school wrestler. He barely was, like, really good um, he could be at like the state level, I think, in in Nebraska. Um, so like, my my thought process is like, I don't know how because Crawford has one punch power in both hands. Mm-hmm. Like he he doesn't always commit to it, but as we saw, he can hurt you with both. He can hurt you with the jab. Yes. Like, <laughs> so my my thought process was like. Oh, I don't know how Spence is going to stay on this man for 10 or 12 rounds and just not get hurt. And he is so cool. Like, cool under pressure. Never looks rattled. Never looks like he's not in control. Even if he's backing up, like, he seems like he always is sure of himself. He knows what's going on, he knows what he's doing. Spencer, like he's no, just fighting for his life. <laughs> and Crawford's yeah. just chilling. Like, right. there is no fighter in any combat sport right now who's as good as Terrence Crawford is as punching you between your punches. Like, he gets reads so correct that, like, we saw in the seventh round where. Uh, the the first knockdown where it, it, like I, I I was like well, how that why did he fall down why did Crawford would, uh, interrupts an overhand left from Spence with a like a, a hook uh, a check hook and it just like and he gets hit like Crawford mm-hmm. gets hit 
but Spence just floors. I was gonna say and like he gets hit again on the way down. It's it's almost not fair because when he interrupts your punch, his is so much harder. Like yeah. <laughs> yours is like his is like now nah, I'm about to bring the building down. Like yeah, nah, it's he just has, he has such a command of like distance. He's so good at neutralizing you on the inside. And th- th- there was that sequence you were talking about earlier, and like I think it was the second or third round, um, where Crawford gets him along the the, the ropes, and he's actually uh, not. I'm sorry, Spence gets him along the ropes, and he's actually like, you know, he's going to work. He's throwing punches. He's going. He, he throws like six or seven punches, and in the middle of that exchange, Crawford decked him with an uppercut. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, he he he's got his time. Yeah. yeah. He knows what works. Like, he made reads for like the first two rounds, and then once he put it together, it was like, oh no, Spence. But I thought you had something for this man. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's just like, oh, what it's just like, oh, once the physical the physicality was like equalish, that's just like, oh no, Spence. Yeah. Spence is done, man. Yeah. Oh, and you add in like the weight cut. Like I, I don't doubt that Spence struggles to make a hundred and forty-seven pounds. Um, and like all the injuries and stuff, it was just like, yeah, it's it's hard for me to pick Spence to to win this type of fight. Cause like we we've seen him, Ugas hurt him in the pocket, Mikey Garcia hurt him in the pocket, and Mikey mm-hmm. Garcia is like a hundred thirty-five pounder. Mm-hmm. Uh. Sean Porter was landing really good shots in the pocket, and if we're being honest, the only reason—I'm not gonna say the only reason, but the primary reason that Spence beat Porter is that Spence is bigger than Porter. Like that wasn't a strength thing; that was just a reach thing. Right. They're both—they're basically the same. They are similar types of fighter. Very similar. They're nuisances to the right people. The right matchup. <laughs> this was not that. This was not that matchup. This was. Yeah. This is some different. I this mean, was... like Spence has benefited from the welterweight division being dudes like Danny Garcia and Mikey Garcia and uh, a very very shot Kell Brook. I mean, not shot, but like this was Kell Brook after he had his orbital absolutely destroyed by like Gennady Glovkin. Right. So it really must suck for like Britain or the UK UK boxing fans being like, hey, we had these two really good welterweights who could have been like pound for pound, like best in the world. But they both went up to go face like the two hardest hitting middleweights on the planet <laughs> and got their careers shortened by like five years. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I don't know how much it really is to break down, like, other than, you know, if you didn't get to see the fight, definitely watch it. It is. This was like a low key masterclass from Crawford. This is this is legacy defining stuff. Like yeah, like uh, uh, I I don't give a fuck about like the pound for pound debate. It's so like it's so trite to me. It's so boring. It's like who's the best like basketball player of all time? LeBron James, Michael Jordan, blah 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 blah. That that like if you're on that 
list, even as like an honorable mention, you are an absurdly talented individual. Yes. Crawford's hat name is in that uh it's in that you know, I'm kinda of already it really already wasn't a hat, but now it's like it's stamped. It's solidified now, like you can't question it. It's had any yeah. questions to begin with. Like, because people were questioning his resume, you know, he, he went through 140 at a time where, like, you know, his best win was, like, what, Victor Pesta um, or Julius Ndongo or whatever. Um, but, like, Terrence Crawford is, for my money, the most skilled fighter in boxing right now. Which is insane because he's a 35, 36-year-old welterweight. Like, for comparison, um, one forty-seven. That's about that's about the featherweight division, right? Yeah, off off a couple pounds, but you know, same difference. And that's about Crawford's got like what forty fights to his name already. Mm. And obviously, not every fight has been difficult for him. Some of them are basically just sparring sessions. But like for comparison, you want to know who's a thirty-six-year-old featherweight in MMA? Jose Aldo. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, this would be like if Aldo, like, never fell off or, like, never slowed down. It just kept kept going. If WEC Aldo stayed WEC Aldo for his entire career. Exactly. Like, killing dudes. Crawford is that dude. Yeah, that's that's, that's absurd. That is absurd. Um, But, yeah. I'll say, though, I'm glad this fight finally happened. Um, you know, we've been wanting this fight for forever, and sometimes, sometimes these fights that we want just elude us for an eternity. But we finally got this one. Um, I'm I'm really hurt that I couldn't watch this in real time, but nonetheless, glad I still just got a chance to watch it, even if it was the day after. And uh, ah, from from everybody I saw who was watching it, everybody seemed like they were having a great time. Um, and and I'm ha- I'm happy to see. Yeah, we were hurt. But you know what though? I was gonna say it, it kind of in 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 the realm. At least I'll say in my circle, from what I was seeing from the people I follow on social media, people I know who are boxing fans on Facebook, um, it was a lot of respect to Crawford after that fight. Not that people were like dissing him, but it was a lot. Like you couldn't you couldn't deny what you just saw. Like right. that, everybody that, I knew that, who that was yeah yeah everybody I knew who picked Spence was like no nah, hats off because he he did that like that was that was incredible. You can't you can't front on a performance like that. Um so yeah, man. Terrence Crawford got the TKO and I think that was in round number nine. Yep. Um, referee Spence. got in there and was just like You yeah, stop, son. <laughs> you, you, uh, and, and, like you said, Spence never stopped trying. He got knocked down twice in the, 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 the eighth round or seventh round. He got he literally got knocked down at the bell. Yeah. In the uh, the seventh round, and he would get right back up and get right back in Crawford's face. I'm like, bro, I respect the dog in him. Respect it, man, boy. You are getting never stop smiling, never stop trying. The referee made the right choice. Yeah, the referee said, "All right, son, you you wobbling out here, lucky. You laid about five consecutive punches. Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and get you out of here." But uh, yeah, no, that that was a fantastic performance from Crawford. Um, Definitely looking forward to whoever he fights next. And I'll always be interested, definitely interested to see how Spence rebounds, like what he learns from this fight, if anything. Um, what he learned is that he has to go to 154 pounds 
And apparently, he's going to reactivate that uh, rematch clause, and he's going to fight Crawford again in December, which is probably not a good move. But also probably the most lucrative move. Yeah, get paid while you can. I hope that's that's the goal. I hope in the rematch he learns something. You got to have a backup plan once that jab ain't working. Figure, figure something else out. (laughs) Figure something else out. I, I don't I don't know where he goes from here, but he is an extremely skilled boxer. Um, and Derek was it Derek James, Derek Jones, um, his coach, very good coach. I'm sure they'll come up with something. I'm not sure that it will be satisfactory. Um, but I mean, this is one of those things where it's just like I. I don't want to see Spence get the last bit of his. What if you even count this as his prime? If the, the the last good years, I want to see them get beat out of him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's not much for Crawford at the moment. He could fight uh, Boots Ennis, Jaron Boots Ennis. Um, the 154 pound champion is currently about to fight Canelo Alvarez at 168 pounds. Um, fucking the Charles had a weekend. Boy, <laughs> boy, boy, <laughs> not the, the fire smacked out of him. Oh my god. god! I don't even remember how I came across that, but I was they always just scrolling Twitter and I just saw a smack. I was like, who was that? <laughs> So like I, I I don't know what's happening with Jermel and Jamal. Like it, it seems really bad. I think they got like one of them got arrested because they got in like a fight last year with each other. But whatever like, it is, and, you better figure it out because it's not looking it's not looking good out like, here. Yeah, and like it, it's. Uh, I, I don't know what the whole situation between him and Plant was. I, there were rumors that they had got in the fight and Plant had tried to stop it. That's apparently not true. Um, apparently, one of their exes, like their ex-wives showed up and the brother's wife beat her up. Nice. Yeah. And then and then you had the one, uh, I, I can't tell you between Maul and Mel, which one is which. Like, I don't know which one's the 160-pounder and which one's the 154-pounder. <laughs> Terrible with twins. Um, <laughs> but the one that's about to fight Canelo, the 154-pounder, uh, apparently was, like, heckling Terrence Crawford during the fight. So after the first knockdown, or the second knockdown, Terrence Crawford ran over to the corner he was in and started screaming at him. <laughs> <laughs> he looked shook. It's just like... Yeah, y'all might not need to be fighting right now. Y'all might need to be solving stuff, working some stuff out. Don't get smacked on camera. That's not a not a good look. Not a good look. Not a good look. I mean, to be fair, it looked like Caleb Plant just sucker punched him or sucker slapped him, and that's something Caleb Plant did. He did it to Canelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he and then he got knocked out for his trouble. So. Man, good old boxing. Shout out to boxing. 
Yeah, it never ends, man. <laughs> it never ends. Shouts to Spence and Bud, who showed way more restraint than either one of their like entourages, who apparently got in like a screaming matchup. Right. After and the and fight. and I saw after the fight, like I didn't watch the post fight conference, but they hugged it out. Like it, it seemed like a mutual, you know. I think they both know, like, hey, we made a moment here. Like people have been wanting to yeah. see this fight for a long time, and we we gave them a show. From from what I can tell, Spence and Crawford always had like respect for one another. It's all this extra stuff that like between having to play stuff up for the fans and just like the stuff with their promoters and then like the stuff where like Crawford was unhappy with like the the deal that PBC was trying to make for him last year, which is why we got like three different dates last year. Yeah. Like I'm I'm sure like I'm sure like all that was just like getting on like each other like they were and all the like you know, having to open up social media or go to places and be like, when are you going to fight Spence? When are you going to fight But Like, it gets to you, but, like, these two have always had respect for one another. Good to see a fight. Still made up, like, oh, I hate this guy. Oh, I hate him. You know, he's this, he's that, like... I don't like fights like that, where, like, it's just not some made-up beef. Like, it's just, let's, let's get the two top guys, let's just throw down. Yeah, sometimes that's all you need, and it worked because this card is apparently doing like ridiculous amounts of money. I think the I, I think um, somebody from PBC said that the card the gate was like twenty million dollars mm-hmm. or something, something crazy like that. No, so then, man, I'm I'm glad, and I'd actually planned on buying this card had night <laughs> gone. Like I'd actually planned on buying this, and I haven't bought a pay per view in a long time. I was ready to spend money on this. Yeah, if this, if they're like these are, if you're gonna spend money on like a card, like these are the types of cards you should be buying yeah. for that, or like small regional stuff. But like, you want to reward people for doing the right thing and putting on the fights we want to see. Right. And uh, keep keeping the boxing theme going. Um. Since the last time we recorded, there was another big fight that we, of course, didn't get a chance to talk about. So we're going to try to get through that uh, real quick. But uh, Iowa Inouye and mm-hmm. um, yeah. and Stephen Fulton. Um, so we started happened. this week thinking we were going to have two all-time, like, you know, clashes. Some legacy-defining, legacy like, back-and-forth fights. And we ended up with two beatdowns. Yeah. I, Clean sweeps. It's uh, This one might have been worse. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I got I, I to give that to, like, I mean, it, this was worse in the sense that Steve, I don't, I don't know what Stephen Fulton was trying to accomplish. At all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Like, I think Spencer's was only worse because he got so much dog in him that he kept getting up and kept trying. Yeah. I feel like only Fulton was worse because this was a, this looked like a mismatch. Like, this looked like one of y'all shouldn't actually be here. Like, this looked like you had no respect for the guy you were fighting and you were trying to flex on him. And then he beat your ass mm-hmm. for twenty four minutes. Yeah, you thought it was sweet out here. <laughs> you thought it was sweet. Um, like, and and I will. So, 
I was reminded this week why I don't go into like boxing online fanospheres, like because it's very eugenicsy. Mm. Yeah, it's very um, like the 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 narratives around this fight were like straight up out of like. 1913 <laughs> strangely enough where like there is this belief that for whatever reason um like if you are a boxer you have to fight a black american boxer to prove that you're good and there are not a lot of Americans below like 122 pounds. Like that's probably the cutoff, right? right. Like not, not, not. I'm not even talking about like like Americans. There are not a lot of uh, men below 122 pounds. Those those weight classes are dominated by dudes from Mexico, uh, uh, South America, um, and Japan. That does not mean there are not good boxers down there. There are loads of good boxers. We have a hundred years of amazing boxers at like 118 pounds below. So I don't know why Naya Inoue, who is like the most um respectful, the most like unassuming dude draws so much ire from American fans. I, I feel like this has to be a case of like I feel like people just probably heard of Inouye and thought oh he's just some Japanese hype but they weren't like watching the fights. So it's funny you mentioned that because Caressa Shields had herself a week of just saying the most insane fucking things. Talking about how Fulton was going to knock out in a way. Or some shit. Like he, her words were like, he's too big for him. He's going to not, he's going to beat the shit out of him or something. And then on like Saturday or something, she was like, I want to fight Keith Thurman. <laughs> so she, she's had herself a week. She, she's been having fun. But she also admitted after the fight that she had never actually seen in the way fight. She had seen some highlights on YouTube. Which, which, I'll say, not in her defense, but one of my things about this fight was, I'm pretty sure a lot of you haven't seen In A Way fight because they always put him on these cars that are at, like, 6 in the morning. (laughs) So, like, he fights at these weird times where probably most of the Western audience just isn't really paying attention. this guy, he's only fought, like, three or four times outside of Japan. Yeah. He fights inside of Japan for a reason. People were like, why doesn't he leave his country? Why doesn't he leave his country? Why doesn't he come to America? One, why does a, why 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 does he have to come to America? I don't right. I, I don't understand that logic. I um, need to come over here. Yeah. Fuck it. I'm like, that guy. Like, I, no, you, you have to come where I'm at. Like, I'm that guy. You you can you gotta come to my turf. Yeah. So like I like Stephen Fulton. Like I like him a lot. I, I ever since I saw him fight Angelo Leo, uh, Angel Leo, um, if they put that man in Philly, he could not sell a high school gym. Like, he is not a star here. Now you're in a way got 
like I think it was 15% of TVs in the Kanto region to tune in to watch him fight. Do you know how many people are That's in the Kanto region? It's 40 million people. Mm. He got 15% of that to tune in to watch him fight Nonino Donaire. I think like the cheapest tickets for this fight were like a thousand US dollars. I, I don't know what that is in yen, but like I, I saw people who were trying to get over there talking about how much how expensive the tickets were. Hmm. It, they could have paid for the flight twice, basically. Um he's a superstar in his home country, is what I'm trying to say. And rightfully so, because this, this right, man is good. <laughs> rightfully so, because he is 25 and 0, and he has 22 knockouts now. Yes. And he, including, yeah. He just, this man is a destroyer. Like, just. And that's the other thing. People were talking about, like, how he's just a puncher. He's just a puncher. No. No, he's a boxer, bro. Like, <laughs> he is a. Boxer. He boxed the crap out of Stephen Fulton. A yeah. guy who everybody thought was going to be like this slick defensive fighter who was going to move around a lot on the outside. And then when they tie up on the inside, he was going to lean on them and wear a new out. No. None of that happened. You know, it beat him everywhere. Everywhere. Like he did anything he wanted when he wanted. There were just times when Fulton was throwing, completely missing. Um, bro, yeah. And it was like this was an absolute, an absolute clinic. I can't remember the stats, but Fulton landed an absurdly low number of punches, like <laughs> which is not what you want when you're the guy who's coming in with like the really low knockout percentage. Right. Yeah, like you got to be the- high volume, and this was it. It almost looked like one. I don't think he was ready for the speed. I think it's one thing to maybe see it on camera and another thing when you're actually in the ring with him and you realize how fast in a way is. And mm-hmm. then I think when he started feeling that power, I think he was like, oh, I think I'm in over my head and I don't. Like, like we said with Spencer Crawford, Crawford didn't really seem like he had uh, a game plan outside of him trying to work the jab and pressure. But even when the fight wasn't going as well, it's like, all right, I'm going to still keep pressing forward. Like, let me try. I'm going to make this a fight somehow. Yeah, Alton like, looked lost out there. Yeah, like, he, and he, to, to be fair, he tried different things. He tried boxing a little bit off the back foot. In a way, um, I, I, he didn't really cut him off, but, like, he was just too fast. Like, he could not, like, he tried to sit back and counter, um, when the the main weapon for this fight for anyway was the body jab. He landed something like twenty plus body jabs in the course of like seven, eight rounds or whatever. Um and he just kept touch each like and these were thudding. Like mm-hmm. you heard them through the TV. Um and Fulton tried to counter the body jab once in the entire fight. And he tried it with his chopping right hand and anyway. I don't even know if, like, he anticipated the counter or if this was just, like, a reaction thing. He fires the jab. Fulton fires the, the chopping right hand. Misses. And Inouye clips him with a left hook off the jab. That's so goddamn fast. Fulton never tries to counter the jab again. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't 
I don't know what the plan was. He came out like we were talking about um like Spence doing the splits earlier. Fulton was out there just like 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 he was trying to block a takedown. That's how <laughs> wide his stance was. Right, like like you could fit like two or three people could could like crawl through there at a time. And I'm just like how are you going to move around like that? Like, what is the goal with this stance? Uh, and he was, he was bladed too, and he was like, I, I, I don't like, and that did, like it didn't even help because I knew in a way was still just hitting him into the body. He got the angle he wanted, regardless. I'm just say he, he hit him everywhere. Like I, I don't really got a technical breakdown. It's like other just no way beat the beat the brakes off this man. <laughs> the, 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 the breakdown is in a way hit him twenty times to the body. Fulton tried like three different ways to not lower his hands and guard his stomach, and then the one time he did do that, in a way hit him so hard it spun him around. <laughs> and now we're back to square one. <laughs> now we're back to and, square one. Well, it, we're not even back to square one because the fight was over. Because yeah. they followed it up with that leaping left hook, like he was like Deontay Wilder. It's got to be demoralizing absolutely. because of what Fulton draws, like nothing worked. Not a single thing seemed to go well. Right. Like, and you could tell, like he, he entered this fight thinking so low of Inouye. Like in the in the pre-fight interview, he was talking about how much hype he was. He was talking about like, yeah, they're only celebrating. They're only talking about because he's like Japanese or whatever. I'm like, well, no, because like the top-selling pay-per-view dude in America is like Tank Tank, and Tank's the same type of dude as in a way in the terms of like I'm going going I'm going in there and I'm knocking you the fuck out. Right. So like, there's a reason for the hype. There's there's a reason like people are like, oh, this guy's special. And you went there and there thinking he wasn't, and then he completely pantsed you. Mm-hmm. And like this fight got out of hand, quick. <laughs> like it didn't I, take too I, long for us to realize. Oh, you know, this is yikes. This, yeah, no, this is not gonna. Like, I expected both fights to be competitive. Neither one was. Same. Not, not even remotely. The thing is, I, I still like. I still was picking in a way to win this. But I was like, all right, Fulton's Fulton's good. He's crafty. Like he's smart. Like he'll give Inouye a, a good fight for for at least a couple rounds, and then you know Inouye will probably end up putting him down at some point. But yeah, no, this was not jump. This wasn't competitive. Just nah. <laughs> nah, out the gate, this was not competitive at all. Not at all. Um, nah, man. In, in a way, in a ways that dude. I I hope like I I don't know what else Inouye would need to do to get the respect of the Western audience is you can't do nothing better than this. Like y'all put me against this, this guy and I I beat the piss on him. (laughs) From from, like, he's going to fight, um, to Paulus next. He's going to try to unify all the titles at 122 pounds. Um, he says he wants two more fights. One of them would be against John Riel Casamero, just because he finds Casamero fucking disrespectful. Um, and he hates him. I think he just wants to knock him out. Um, 
And the other one would be Louis Neri, who he also hates, but for different reasons. Um, uh, for those, uh, oh, um, he's fr- uh, in a way his boys with this dude uh, Shinsuke Yamanaka, I think was his name. I'm probably butchering that to hell, but he was the defending like I think super featherweight champion, or no featherweight um, super bantamweight champion, I think. And Louis Neri knocked him out in Japan um, and took the title from him, but he also popped for steroids. Oh, no. So they, so they stripped him of the title, and then they did a rematch, and then Neri came in overweight and then knocked him out again. And now he's banned for life from fighting in Japan because of that. <laughs> so that fight, if that fight does end up happening, it might happen in the U.S., so you, so we might get a chance to see anyway in the U.S. again, and that might, and you know, I guess the Mexican fighter that might bring in the crowds. But um, yeah. I, I, um, after that, he says he might go up to 126 pounds. He said the limit for him was featherweight, which is 126. Um, and there are some like boxes there that Western fans know. You got your Lee Woods. Get your uh, Robisi Ramirez, who also fall on the same card. Uh, they catch really that. Nice Robisi look good. Yes. Um, there is. Um, oh my God, uh, Mexican dude. Uh, just not. No, he just knocked out. Um, oh my God. Um, Mick Conlon. Um, point being, there there are dudes people know here, who, who are on U.S. television or on Western streaming services. Um, so if he does go up to 126, we, we're going to see more of him. Um, he is 30 years old fighting at like 120 something pounds and he's very athletically dependent. Um, not to say that he's not like technically good. We're going to, we're going to talk about somebody later who's, who was athletically dependent and is now sad. Um, a sad, sad man <laughs> in his late thirties. Poor Tony. <laughs> I did not watch that fight. <laughs> uh, I'll let you handle that one. That's just... uh, it's, it's 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 a sad one, but yeah, oh, no, in okay. a way, in a way, Crawford, two of the best boxers on the planet. That's all that matters when we talk about them. Um, learn to respect every uh, like learn to respect the the, the smaller divisions. There, there are dudes down there putting in some work. If, if you if you are interested, go watch this dude, Oscar Callazo, Puerto Rican dude. Um, minimum weight champion, WBO minimum weight champion. He is, he he's ridiculous. Man, man is man is uh, a, an assassin at 105 pounds. And also, which listen, I don't know if we have to repeatedly say this, whether it's MMA, more so for MMA, but it, it just good is good. Bro. Like it don't matter yes. where these people are from. It don't matter what promotions they fight for. Like some people just. Jump off the screen, and yeah, and and just because you do not know them, just because they are not like making tens of millions of dollars fighting on pay per views that like, which is like the handful of times you tune in a year, does not mean they're not good, right? And I I feel like that is the perfect. Oh my god! I almost got to sneeze the same time. I just watched the doctor again. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, but um, 
speaking of good is good, and it don't matter where they fight. I, I, I always get a nice chuckle of how much people love Justin Gaethje and then forget that he was the guy in World Series of Fighting. Good fighters aren't outside of the UFC, right? But y'all know. Sorry, we ain't gonna talk about it. But <laughs> remember the when the argument was, oh, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Right. Now, now look at y'all. Now look at y'all. I'm glad you got there, though. I'm glad. I'm glad you arrived at the train. You're a little late, but I, I, I just wish you'd take a lesson from it. Right. <laughs> if you would just learn from these mistakes every so often, we would we would greatly appreciate it. Um. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna segue into into UFC two ninety one, Richie Poirier two. Um, you know what's wild? As good as the first fight was, I like I never really pondered like, oh, they'll fight again. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, cool. All right, here's this. Um, don't care about this title thing we have going on. That's the cringiest that, that... MMA thing I think I've ever seen. This is the affliction T-shirt of titles. Like, yes. <laughs> no. your, your, this is your tap out T-shirt. Yeah. But yeah, this is yes. Like this is, yeah. I, I apparently this is done because ESPN needs a title fight for like the UFC is contractually obligated to give ESPN a title fight for a pay per view. Um, and because the U and I. Shouts to like Zane Simon over at Bloody Elbow for pointing this out. But like the UFC, no, like they have flipped their uh, their format for how they do like shows now. What it used to be is they would get all these fight nights from all over the world. They go to Sweden, they go to Jersey, they go to um, Jacksonville, they go to Des Moines, Iowa, they'd go to South Dakota for all these fight nights, right? Right. Um, well, they don't do that anymore. They're all at the apex. Yes. <laughs> Every single one. Occasionally we get one in like, you know, um, uh, uh occasionally you get one in, in London. Occasionally we get one in like, uh, Florida. Occasionally we get one in Texas, you know, places where regulations are a little looser. Um, but nowadays the pay-per-views are other places. Because the UFC has to set the UFC has obligations in like, uh, for example, Abu Dhabi, and you know they have to put Islam Makachev on that card. Right. So back in the day, when like the UFC would have like three or four pay per views in a row in Las Vegas, it was super easy to just be like, yeah, we're gonna put this guy on this card and this guy on this card. Well, no, nowadays, well, it's just like, well, we have one in Abu Dhabi. We got to make sure Makachev fights on that one. And we have a, two pay-per-views a year there. So those are the two times he's going to show up. Uh, we got one in Brazil. So uh, our Brazilian champion has to fight down there. Um, we got one in, I don't know. Where's the last, where, where was the one before this one? Like, point big, they have like destinations now where they need to have like, a certain guy or gal front and center. So that means we end up in situations where it's just like, oh, like, for example, uh, like MSG, like they're going back to MSG. You need to put like your biggest star there. God knows what's happening with Conor McGregor. So let's, we got to go with John Jones and the heavyweight title. So John Jones is no longer available from like, what was it? April, March, April to like November. 
And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, well, we have a paper, we have two pay per views in July. We have to headline one of them with this fake title we made up. Um, so that that's why we're at this point. Yeah, I mean, well, title aside, at least the title's trash, but at least the fight is good. <laughs> Listen, if there, if there was any fight in the UFC that wasn't a title fight that deserved to be like a pay per view main event, yeah, this is it. It'd be these two guys. Yeah, this is it. It would have to involve it, one of them at least. <laughs> but it, they're it's, fighting it's each them other. And so. it's Charles Oliveira. Yeah, yeah. A lightweight in general. <laughs> if you're gonna do a non-title fight. The pay per view. Put two top five lightweights against one another. It's yeah. like, yeah, no, they, they, they. I get it. I get it. This makes sense. It's going to be fun, and that's exactly what this fight was for as long as it lasted. Um, kind of wild because the first fight was very. It was just a nice rock'em sock'em, and this was that, but like a little more measured, a little more, you know, Gaethje. This was. Yeah, th- th- this was like Gaethje versus Ferguson levels of discipline. Yes, from from G- Justin Gaethje, as opposed to like car crash Gaethje. Yes, <laughs> which is here. Who is here for? You know, who who is headbutting his opponent's punches? Right. <laughs> yeah, this this is like ma- mature mature Gaethje, which I never thought I would see. But I'm glad he's here. I like ma- mature still Gaethje. Is still he's still chaotic. Still Yes, still he's a brawler. Still a brawler. He he like, and this was the most uh, controversial genius decision Trevor Whitman made. Where he's just like, listen, Justin, I get that you just want to beat the shit out of this other man for <laughs> for, for daring to go up against you in the cage, but you just can't run at him anymore, right? <laughs> So what we're going to do instead is every time we're going to let the other guy come to you and every time he gets to this specific range, you are going to throw at him. Right. You're gonna th- and the other guy will either retreat and give you a runway for your offense, which happened a couple times here against Poirier, or he's going to be forced to get into a pocket exchange with you, which Nobody in their right mind wants to do because you're just engaging. And it works. It does. It, it oh, I remember that. That's okay. like, I was going to say it. Oh, yeah, we're going to do head kicks now. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do head kicks. I know, like, you've been doing low kicks, and those are really good. They they hurt. But uh, I'm going to need you to aim that kick up a little higher. We're going to try that and see how that works. I um, love that Gaethje said he has never tried that uh, that that uh, combination before at the end. Um, but yeah, no, J- Justin Gaethje, um, like this was the best. Like we've seen Poirier lose before, right? Um, yeah, we've seen him knocked out before. Um, but this is probably. Like the, this current form of Gaethje, where he had, where he is defensively sound while still basically being a brawler. Um, this is the best like deconstruction of uh, Dustin Poirier that we've seen in like the UFC, in my opinion. Um, and Gaethje did it a lot by just copying a lot of shit Dustin Poirier does. Um, 
except that um, he was doing off the back foot. Just the, the shifting punches, where he shoots the right hand either to the body or to the head, like takes a step while he's doing it. So he basically switches stances. And as you as you move to try to get the outside angle or just to evade, he follows it up with a big left hand over the top. That's the first like really bad punch he hit Poirier with, which is hilarious because it's the thing Poirier does himself. It's those shifting punches into like the changing your rear hand and then hitting the opponent with the hand. It was magnificent, and poor uh, Gaethje only got hurt once, which is like a record. Yeah. <laughs> for, for Gaethje, that's 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 phenomenal. That's that's phenomenal. That's that's uh, I'm trying to think of the football equivalent, but no, that's that's for him. That's great. Like for the way he fights and how chaotic he can be, you got hit once. That means we have a really like ninety-eight percent chance of this fight if that's the only time you got hurt. Right, um, and th- that right that those shifting punches are why I think um, Poirier got knocked out. He was trying to parry that right hand yes. because he's like, if I try to retreat, he's going to throw, he's going to follow it up with like the shifting punch. I don't want to do that. I want to be he, right here. He did it like me. Like he he threw his jab, and you could see like it, I, I tried to like slow it down and watch the KO in slow motion. He, like, instinctively was going to guard whatever he thought was coming back, but I think he assumed it was going to be a punch. And... <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a foot. Um... It was a foot. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he clearly just didn't see that coming. Like, yeah. You know, they, they say it's the one you don't see coming that hurts the most, and I think this was in a thousand percent example. Of he didn't think a foot was coming behind that punch, and uh, you could you could you could tell he the moment he knew he fucked up, where he tried to get that guard up. Yeah, it was too late. <laughs> Just a hair of a second too late. Cause like the elbow was like, I don't know. You can see he, he tried to like shift. He tried to do a little something, something, but it was yeah, it's too late there. It's like you're in the middle. It's like you're in the middle of getting caught doing something you're not supposed to do, and then you got to make that decision. What's <laughs> like, yeah. one of those moments? <laughs> yeah, he got caught in the freeze frame, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, this is me. That was, yeah, that's what happened. No, that, that, yeah, good, good performance from Gaethje. A nice, you know, technical kind of brawling. Uh, Performance where he didn't, you know, at the end of the fight, his face actually didn't look like he got mangled by three lions. Um, yeah, for Gaethje Sanders, he looked pretty good <laughs> at the end of the fight. And um, I mean, yeah, and like, like this was, and we we saw the leg kicks again. Um, which uh, I mean, I guess it's something we do see every fight. But I feel like I always, I, I'm always like, oh yeah, he's that's a thing. He's like one of the best in the in the sport at doing. Yeah, and he I don't see he got away from it, but he doesn't do it kind of like Aldo. Where like yeah. WSOF, like that was a thing. He used to leg kick dudes to death, but he used to leg kick people from the clinch. Yeah, <laughs> and now he like he got to the UFC and he kind of he got away from it a little bit, but yeah, it definitely made a, a good return. It's like and it's a good strategy. Like I said, it's one of his best tools. 
pieces, offense, balanced. I always, I really love um his combinations. I wish more people, well, probably not as talented as he is, but just, he's not like, I'm going to just throw one or one, two. Like, he, he can throw some really good combinations, whether he's coming forward, even if he's countering. Like, he, he can hit you with a nice little quick three. Ooh, that head kick. So I got the fight plan while we talk. Golly, he—he's so dangerous. Like, uh, I—I always try to point like just because you're a brawler does not mean like you are just like brainless. Like Gagey's style is very—I'm not gonna say nuanced is probably the best word actually. Like. Like, like I said, this is a guy who has had his tools sharpened. Mm. Um, I, I, my, my, my main, my main complaint is that we didn't see enough of the jab because, um, th- there was a lot of pawing jabs from Dust Dustin Poirier in this fight. He was just trying to like you know ga- gouge distance, um, and I think it was in the first round actually. Um, Gaethje got hit with something to the eye, to his left eye, his lead eye. Um, his lead side eye, and like, you know, it, it's really bothering him for like a good like 30, 40 seconds. It's actually the moment. It's actually the moment that leads to him getting rocked. But after that, Poirier goes back to like probing with the jab a little bit. It does, and Justin Gaethje just fires this like stiff ass up jab that just completely breaks Dustin Poirier's stance. I'm just like. Where the hell has this been? Why are we not seeing more of this? Team of the night, interrupting punches. Let me let me hit you with this jab right quick. Go ahead, go ahead, calm you down for a quick second. I need you to stop, sir. <laughs> this jab out real quick. And that was the only time he threw the jab in the entire. <laughs> it's it's insane how once again goes the lightweight. It's insane. As talented as both of these two guys are, and they haven't been champions. I mean, just it says a lot about the guys who beat them. Yes. <laughs> like you, you look at you look at this performance from Gaethje, and you're like, bro, like I feel like if if I showed Gaethje to somebody who like maybe knew about MMA but wasn't like following it that close, they would assume like, oh no, nah, he's champ. Like, but it's like, nah, he he's he's actually not. <laughs> he's just he's just really, 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 really good. Yeah. You know, he I mean, actually don't got the belt. Yeah. And I Lord knows what what what's going on with the title. Um because you know Oliveira and Makachev are fighting in like October. Is Gagey taking another fight? He's just gonna I found him, I'm sitting on my ass until they give me a title shot. Like you, there's no reason to go out there and take more damage. Yeah, and it's like, like I've, I've beaten, you know, Fizian was kind of that guy who was like on the come up, you know, the guy that people was were, were really hyped about. I beat him, and Fourier's just been that dude for forever. Yeah. Fourier's been like the people's <laughs> for like the past, like you know, and rightfully so. Like he's always just been at the top, mm-hmm. handful for everybody. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, I basically beat like the number two or number. I don't know what his actual rank was, but. I, I'm, I'm assuming he'd be like, no, like I mean, if, if for he's below Oliveira and um, 
Michael Jackson. So he beat Michael Jackson. I beat the other guy. Like there, there, there's no the only two other names being Makachev and and Oliveira in the lightweight division that are as big as his name. Beat him, finished him. Like yeah, there's there's nobody else for me to you know nobody else for me to fight. So yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I, I would sit down too and be like, all right, I'm gonna just wait for this. Uh, you know. And like I said, I'm 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 never gonna the, uh, begrudge a third opportunity for a guy like Gaethje who's just like like he went he did the thing that every, that nobody else in lightweight wants to do unless you're like Brazilian and he went down and he fought the guy with the lesser name who was on the streak who everybody thought could be a potential contender and he went out there and he beat him and then they gave him this opportunity against Dustin Poirier a guy who had beat him before had knocked him out before and then he beat him so like yeah no give that guy a third title shot yes <laughs> absolutely deserves it it would be wild if somehow we get a trilogy into this fight the next time it's for a belt i mean that that's the stuff movies are made of man yeah i feel like that that somehow the mma guys need to need to work i sort that out that needs to be the next I mean, we got to get a trilogy we got to get a trilogy out of this let the next time they meet be for a belt. I mean, sad, sadly, uh, I, I, I think, um, well, pro- I don't think this fight will happen, but you know who had to poke his head in because lightweight was in action? Um, oh, boy. One Mr. Conor McGregor. Con- Conor, I, I, USADA won't, I won't piss in the USADA cup. McGregor, freaking. And then Justin Gaethje was like, I'm not going to fight a guy on steroids. Hey. I ain't mad at it. <laughs> I mean, if I'm, Poirier said that he would not fight like an up-and-coming prospect. He only wants like big names. Um, I mean, there are only two big names available at uh, Lightweight right now. Um, and one of them is Michael Chandler. And one of them is Conor McGregor. <laughs> So maybe that's a fight for Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Either way, shout out to Gaethje. Uh, nice little technical brawling performance. Still delivered the violence that we all know and love. It's uh, how deep we're gonna get into the rest of this car because I didn't. I, well, even between both of us, we we neither one of us saw a lot, especially prelims. But um, I mean, I was watching Crawford Spence during yeah, most of yeah. it. So, so I'll uh dive quick into some of these other fights. Um whole main event, Alex Pereira making his light heavyweight debut uh against Jan Blahowicz. Uh he got a split decision. So I actually did watch this fight this morning. Um I'm not gonna use the R word. I hate that word. I mean, it's making me hate the word robbery because I'll just use it all wrong. Yeah. I'll just use robbery when the person you wanted to win lost. <laughs> this was a close fight. Yeah, and from what I could tell, um, it came down to the second and third round because I was trying to watch out the corner of my eye. Um, it looked like Blakovich got him down, but not before or after. Yeah, not before like uh, Pereira just beat the crap out of him on the feet. Yeah, so... My, my takeaway was, first round definitely went to Jan. He's on his neck almost like the entire round went for a choke. Um, I control like almost the whole round. So first round, I okay. think, definitively goes to Jan. Not really a question. Um, 
Waddle's actually doing pretty decent in the second round, but Pereira was chewing him up with those leg kicks, that low calf kick. Um, and he started to hurt Jan later. I was watching because I, I read the result before I watched the fight, so I knew that Pereira mm-hmm. had won. And I'm watching the second round. I'm like, okay, all right, when does Pereira start winning? Because this is actually looking like a Jan round. And then I think the thing was Jan was getting control, but there wasn't like a ton of damage. And then right. when Pereira started winning, like you could tell, like, oh no, he's actually he's hurting Jan. Um so I wasn't mad that Jan got I mean, um I could have scored the second round for Pereira. And then third round actually was pretty close. Um even though Jan got that takedown at the end, I don't think he did a ton of damage after the takedown. It was more of a like, let me just put a stamp on this round with some control. Um it was a close round, though. Like, to be honest, I wouldn't be mad at, at either if you scored for Yana. I wouldn't say you were wrong. It, it was one of those fights. Like, somebody's going to leave this fight with their feelings hurt because it was that close. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, 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 I, I prefer the MMA judging style where you you um, and uh, you and emphasize damage. Um, mm. And if Pereira's the dude doing the most damage and these, like, really competitive fight rounds... Then he should be the guy winning. Um, I, I I can't say definitive because I you know I watched like the second third round like I, I saw most of the first round because that was during the um the beginning parts of the the Spence Bud fight hmm. and I was like oh he's guys back and I don't know how long Jan Blachowicz could be on somebody's back before his legs get tired and they're fighting at altitude um, so that's probably not great if he doesn't choke him out here. And to and to um, Alex Pereira's credit, he he looks like a dude who's been in the gym practicing these positions. Right. He's not good, but he looks like okay. Yeah, you have been working on not getting rear naked choked. He's competent enough for two hundred five. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, let's be real. You only need to be big and strong. Yes. This is light heavyweight. It's not. It's not MMA. It's, almost, it's something else. I almost have no doubts that he's going to become champion in this division too. I don't know how long he'll hold it. He'll make it. <laughs> like you can't, you can't tell me he can't be Jerry Jerry Prochaska. Like yeah, like on. yeah, like he he'll make it. He might lose it the very next fight, but he'll probably get there. I mean, I made a joke that they would make um, Israel Adesanya versus uh, Pereira for the two hundred five belt in. Uh, in Australia, another place where they have to make sure that they put freaking uh, a specific fighter so we don't get to see them at other points in the year. Um, because they need a main event for that because it's like five weeks away and they don't have one. Um, but it sounds like they're going to do Pereira versus uh, Jiri in like December. So, before. That's, that sounds fun and violent and 205-ish. <laughs> I'm here for it. it. It'll be really funny if Pereira like, finishes him with like a bulldog choke. <laughs> well, he, I almost seen... got, he almost got Jan with that guillotine in the first round. He did. He was trying. He was nice. He... Listen, he's, he's, picking up some, he's picking up some stuff. I think Glover is teaching him. Yeah, and that's, that's a good crafty. We've seen Glover kick so many people off the lawn just... Just by being crafty. Like, you might be younger than me, you might be faster than me, but I got a nice little tool bag here. Yeah. And, and, 
And and that would be a nice little revenge story for Alex Pereira. Just like, oh, you beat you beat my teacher, right? Beat the shit out of you, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 here for Pereira's two hundred five run. I I really want to see how this. Uh, I want to see, see a fight Johnny Walker. I want to see a fight Johnny Walker. That would be so chaotic. <laughs> be so dumb. <laughs> That would be so chaotic. I don't know why for a second I thought Pereira and Jan was for the title because I forgot who the champion was. And then I remembered, oh, he vacated because he injured himself in a basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> what is this sport? <laughs> what is this sport? <laughs> See, I should have just made this. Oh, real question, though. Like, who is fighting? Is there, is there a fight made? Oh, I don't know. No, not as, of, not as of right now. I think they were going to just make it Jerry, um, I think they're waiting on Jerry to be honest with you. Like they, they, it's just like, well, last time we had Glover Teixeira, who was like a big enough name to like, we 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 could validate having the two hundred five title put on him. But like, Uncle Ive's leg is torn to shit. John just lost. Um, I I I I don't know who else you would put in a title fight. Like Johnny Walker apparently upset Dana White with his ass whooping of Anthony Smith. Um, like who who else is even in this division? Nah, don't get me lied. <laughs> don't get me lied. Like yeah. so, I think they were just gonna wait for Jerry Prochaska, and that sounds like it's gonna be December earliest. Never. I mean, maybe they surprise us and they're just like, no, we're going to put you in like Madison Square Garden. Turns out we can't trust John Jones to show up again. <laughs> oh, man. That would be funny, though. Yeah, no. Alex Pereira, got a split decision over Jan Blachowicz. So, that was Former cool. Former heavyweight champion, like right. Jan Blachowicz. BT dubs. The, uh, um, this next fight. Sasha Stokes, who uh, I like, kind of told him maybe he should bet on this, but I didn't 100% push him because I wasn't, I knew this could happen, but I wasn't 1,000% sure. Um, but Derek Lewis versus Marcos Rogerio de Lima fight that could be an entire YouTube short because it was all of 33 seconds. And and, uh, and Derek Lewis came out the other side looking like he ran a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man was drenched from head to toe. Hey man, flying knees take a lot of energy. <laughs> he finally landed one. Yeah, man. Derek Lewis. So many of these fights with these bullshit flying techniques. <laughs> He'll throw like a jumping like switch kick. And it will come up like a foot short. Right. It finally worked. I appreciate that he never gave up on this. Like he said, no, this is my thing, and I'm keep doing this until <laughs> I catch one of y'all with it. And he finally got somebody with it. Poor, poor Marcos had to catch a flying knee to start the fight. Some 265 pound Derek. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, like, the most terrifying thing in the world. Like, yeah. the bell goes off. You'll even get a chance to, like, feel this guy out, see what he's... He just runs at you at right. full speed. <laughs> Lonnie. 
He goes down. <laughs> Derek Lewis rains down punches. He tries to like cover up, shell up, keep getting punched. That's the entire fight. And then Derek Lewis takes his shorts off and celebrates in his drugs. Like <laughs> national treasure. Like what else what else? What else you want? So, so this is apparently Derek Lewis's what last fight on his contract? Is it? I, I I think he mentioned it. it was the last fight of his contract. He was trying to renegotiate with the UFC, but there is a guaranteed payday out there of two million dollars for the most notable heavyweight available, because that is the guaranteed purse of whoever gets chosen to fight one Francis Ngannou mm. in PFL. In twenty twenty four, after he has his fight with Mike Tyson, uh, not Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury, because uh, Ngannou negotiated the the purse for his opponent. So there is a world, there is a possibility where we get a rematch of the worst fight in MMA history. Yes, <laughs> at a price tag of. A combined ten million dollar purse. Yeah, I'm for it. <laughs> Why not? This is that would be like affliction levels of like we paid Josh Barnett too much money. We're going out of business. It would be so but, wild if Derek Lewis won that fight. Oh my god, it'd be so great. Like I love Francis Agado. I respect the hell out of him, but that'd be so funny. <laughs> so fucking funny. He just he he finally has like the flying switch kick and knocks <laughs> Oh man. I don't root for many heavyweights. Derek Lewis is on that short list. <laughs> heavyweights that I will always pull for. Um I don't know, man. He's 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 fun. Sometimes he's not fun. But when he's fun, it's it's a good time. It's a great time. Man's a funny dude. Yeah, funny he is. Guy. His personality, and when 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 he when he's on, when he when he when he gets to fighting and the punches get to land, and only take one. Or in this case, a knee. Shout out to Derek Lewis showing that fat man we can be athletic too. I, mean, he, yo, he, I also said he looked like he was in pretty good shape. Yeah, they showed <laughs> they showed they showed a picture of him pre-fight. He said, "Oh, Derek Lewis got abs. It was a little four pack, like you know, he's just weight." <laughs> I mean, he's I like, still like, 263 pounds. It's, he's it's still, like, still a large man. Nah, the props to him, though. It looked like he, he got in shape as he could. At the, like, at the ripe old age of what, like 39? Yeah. 38? Yeah. He's he's finally taking this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man. Shout out to Derek Lewis, man. That was that was fun to watch. I'm here for heavyweight flying knees. Hey, we man, we don't get a lot of them every, anymore. Not ever since Reem left. And he and he keeps trying them. He the first you don't succeed. He does not quit. He's gonna keep trying these flying knees. If the next person get caught, it's your fault at this point. Like you shouldn't. Nobody else should get hit by this. I mean, no. Uh, like if we're being honest, Marcos Rogero de Lima shouldn't have been hit by this. You know, <laughs> he, he should have watched any of any tape where this is the first thing Turk Lewis does in every fight. Yeah, I think, and I it think never he works. Just, he saw that. He he saw a fat man run out. He said, "Well, what is he doing?" He just during headlights had no idea what was about to happen to him. Poor oh, guy. Okay. But shout out to Derek Lewis. 
uh, getting the KO or TKO against <laughs> Rogerio De Lima in 33 seconds. Um, this next fight, which I'm sure was sad, depressing, hurtful, any synonym related to those words, but I did not watch this fight, so I will let you tell the story of Bobby Green versus one Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is in his, like, he, he is straight up BJ Penn, like, right now. Like, B, BJ Penn in that era where he was calling out, like, every big name, like, from, like, featherweight to, like, welterweight, where he's just like, I'm going to be the featherweight champion. I'm going to be the, uh, I, I'm going to beat Roy McDonald. I'm going to, I'm going to beat Yair Rodriguez. It's just like, and, and it, it He's a guy who believes he still has it. That he is still like that. This is a like whatever he is going through right now. He can he can fix it if he just tries hard enough. And oh my god, no. He looked old, man. Like shot to shit. Um, he looked in shape. Like that's the thing about Tony Ferguson. He always show up in shape. He'll he'll, he'll never get tired. Like he fought in out of. He fought at altitude and he was not tired. He was getting his ass whooped, but he was not tired. Um, like there, it, this was like the Chandler fight where there was like that brief moment where like it looked like um, Ferguson might have something. He 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 still he didn't look good, but like you know Bobby Green, Bobby Green will let Bobby Green will let you get downhill on him. He'll he'll fight off the back foot. He'll keep his hands low. He'll throw na- he'll throw naked leg kicks and. You know, he'll, he'll eat punches. Um, and that's what happened here. Uh, Green threw a, leg, threw a kick and got caught and dropped in the early part of the first round. And immediately got up and was like, okay, fuck that. I'm going to move left and right. And I'm going to throw straight punches. Because this man is throwing punches so slowly. If I just throw something straight, there's no way he's going to catch me. And then for the rest of that round, Tony Ferguson just got his ass kicked from range. And then in the second round, Tony Ferguson tried to take him down. I think it was like an Iminari roll. And then Bobby Green got on top of him and just started beating the shit out of him. Like Ferguson's head, like, because, you know, he was like propped up. He hit Ferguson so hard, his head went into the mat. It, like bounced off the mat, and you have commentary. You have Joe Rogan on commentary. Be like, you got to be careful about being in Tony Ferguson's guard. It's more dangerous there. And this is, and then like not even two seconds later, Bobby Green just passes Ferguson's guard, gets to side control, stands back up, and just starts beating the crap out of Tony <laughs> Ferguson again. Just absolute like stand like. Full torque throwing ground and pound down at his head. And the only reason Tony Ferguson survived is because he's Tony Ferguson and he still has somewhat of a chin and he refuses to stop moving. And then the third round comes around and like it's a mix of both things because Tony's just straight up out of answers. He's just trying every, he's just trying harder than ever, but he's so slow. Bobby Green is just like picking him off. 
So he tries to take um, Green down, and then Green mounts him, and then locks up an arm triangle, and then Tony Ferguson. I, I don't know what the hell he was trying to do. I don't know if he was trying to like initiate a roll. I don't know if he was like trying to like roll backwards over his shoulder so that like he would come up on top over Bobby Green. He's just like bucking. And then he goes out with six seconds left. Choked to sleep. All I'm hearing is that I should not watch this fight. <laughs> no. <laughs> he looked bad. Even the moments where he didn't be like where Bobby Green was like providing that one sliver, like that one avenue that Tony could possibly use to make this a competitive fight. He still looked bad. Like, this, Tony Ferguson, like, he was so dependent on his speed. He has never been, like, an extremely, like, strong guy. Like, he's, like, not in the way that, like, Khabib was, right? Right. He's always been fast, he's always been agile, and he's always been a guy who can just go. And he's still a guy who can still go, but he's not fast anymore. And he's not agile anymore. And even though he's still durable, he takes punches way less well than he did back in the day, where he could just shrug stuff off. Like you, every like it, like you can see it just stop him for a second before he he gets back to it. Like this, this, this is like. Uh, like this is why I said BJ is like BJ Penn is like Chuck Liddell. This is a guy who does not realize that like no, th- you're not losing because of t- a technical diff- de- like deficiency. You're losing because you don't have it anymore. Yeah. And and with the way he keeps fi- like he keeps like firing coaches and bringing new ones like. And the way he's always been, like, a guy who, like, is in control of his own camp to the point where he's, like, kicking metal pipes and doing all this, like, bullshit, like, pseudo-workout crap that you see on, like, the ESPN Instagram account. Those those old Cain Velasquez workouts. I'm, I'm talking about, like, the shit where you see, like, like people doing, like, the, the, the weird, like... Plank push up, pop up burpee shit. Yeah, like that's the type of stuff that Fer- that that Tony Ferguson does, and uh, like he's always been a dude who's controlled his camp because no right no coach in their right mind would put the stuff uh, that Tony Ferguson does in front of their fighter and be like, "This is your workout regimen." I don't know if there's anybody in Tony's life who can convince him that to just stop fighting. Like and he could get cut from the UFC, but you know what's going to happen? He's going to end up fighting Mike Perry. Michael fighting, man. And it's going to be a million times more sad. That reminds me of something. I'm going to. I need to mention. This is a good story. It could have went like that, but it didn't. Um, mm. but yeah, now Bobby Green, yeah, apparently beat the brakes off Tony. I'm Talk going to. to I'm gonna. Save my sanity and just not watch it. 
Shout out to Bobby Green. Still out here. Uh, still out here just working. Just, just, I mean, working. There's a reason that Bobby Green has also lost his step, but there's a reason he's still having competitive fights in the UFC. You know what I mean? Like, there's a dude whose game is built around, like, mitigating risk. Tony Ferguson's game was built around just, like, creating chaos right. <laughs> and then trying to, trying to work his way out of it. Right. And yeah. uh, that doesn't work anymore. And the last fight, uh, well, technically it was the first fight on the main card, but the last fight uh, we'll be talking about is Kevin Holland versus Michael Chiesa. Um, not really much to talk about in this fight other than uh, Holland was able to stuff a lot of Chiesa's takedowns, hurt him on the feet. I think he hit Chiesa with a knee that dropped him, and that ended up going into a dart stroke. Yep. Um, fight only lasted two minutes or something. Well, not a whole lot to really... Holland look pretty, so- pretty yeah, solid. Th- and yeah, this is the best Holland's looked against a wrestler. Hmm. Um, I I kind of feel for Kiesa. Um, like he, he he's always been a dude who does who struggles when he's not like the bigger, stronger fighter. Like his his wins at um, one seventy. His notable ones are like RDA and Neil Magny. Like two guys very notable for like wrestlers being able to put them on their backs and just hold them there. Um. And he came back off the, the the back injury where he's like doing like stem cell insertions and like he's foregoing surgery so that he can extend his career longer because he wants to make a run for the title. And then he comes back and he fights Kevin Holland, who discovered that he's basically a cheat code at 170 pounds because he could just hit people way harder than basically anybody else in the division. Um. And, like, that's not a fight you come back to, man. Like, even if this was, like, a stylist, supposedly, like, a stylistic matchup for, like, uh, for Kiesa, like, a a favorable one. Like, Kevin Holland has been, like, fighting high-level competition for, like, the past few years. He's never stopped. He's active. He's strong. Like, I... if I'm if I'm Kiesa's team, I, like I'm not taking this fight. This is not the fight I would take. I, I don't know why they decided to take. This is like um, Edmund Shabazian fighting uh, what's his name, Fluffy. Yeah, it's just like why would you do this to your fighter? I mean, I don't know. I guess they probably thought yeah, we can exploit this advantage. You might get tagged up on the feet, but once you get him down, like we we got this. And, and instead, he's out there trying to pull guard. Yeah. And not doing anything with it because Holland is stronger than him. Getting hit with knees and uppercuts. <laughs> yep. Holland was very well of the fact, like, hey, all, all he has for me is taking down. So he's not going to beat me on the feet. At some point, he's going to shoot. So I'm going to just lower my guard and stop him and then hit him with me. I mean, that's, that's yep. Like, yep. Uh, yep. That's what happened. I'll read the rest of these results, but I ain't going into detail about none of them. But Gabriel Bonfim defeated Trevor Giles via submission. Uh, CJ Vergara defeated Vinicius Salvador via decision. Uh, Roman Kapalov uh, apparently head kicked Claudio Ribeiro in the second round and won. Uh, Jake Matthews. All right, I could talk a little bit about this fight. I don't really talk about it, but I'll just say Jake Matthews versus Darius Flowers was a fun fight. Um, Jake Matthews won via submission. A little bit of that fight I saw looked pretty fun. So I would say go check that out if you haven't. 
Um, and then Eros Met Medic uh, defeated Matthew Sim Simmels via TKO. I'm hearing that's one that I should go back and watch. Uh, apparently, he wanted to be a spinning back fist, so that sounds that sounds fine. And Miranda Maverick got a win over Priscilla Cochera with the submission. That was UFC 291. Um, even though I didn't catch the. I was going to say, shouts to Priscilla Cachoeira uh, for continuing her reign as, like, the most dirty fighter in the MMA. Um, apparently, she tried to pull Miranda Maverick's shirt off. <laughs> hey, I got a new wrinkle yeah, of defense y'all ain't never seen before. She, she's out here, like, we say all the time, you, you, she, if you're not cheating in MMA, you're not trying, because you can get, like, three fouls, you can do three fouls and not get a point taken. Yeah, Priscilla Cachoeira is out here just like innovating new ways of being a scummy douchebag. <laughs> hey, if they not calling it, who, whose fault is it really? <laughs> I mean, the real issue is that she's not winning. Yeah, that's bad. If you're cheating and you're trying, but you're still losing, then that's that's an issue that you gotta. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's that's a sign that you're not cheating hard enough. If we're yeah. Being honest. So something's going wrong. You gotta you gotta go back to the drawing board and get some better. Uh, the cheat book needs to needs to be revamped a little bit. But uh, that was UFC two ninety one. It looked like a fun night because outside of uh, the CJ Vergara fight and Jan and Pereira, this fight was a finish. You know, like people people were fighting with a purpose last night, and then. And it, Ending with Gaethje and Poirier was a good cap. Like, that's a crazy way to close out a card. I'm pretty sure none of us, even if you pick Gaethje winning, I don't think you would have envisioned it ending that way with that head kick. There was one guy on Twitter, like, I think it was like three days before the fight. It was just like, I don't know why, but I'm feeling Gaethje by head kick. Shouts to that guy. Yeah, shouts to him. He saw saw the vision. The rest of us did. But... Yeah, no, man. Yesterday, man, was fun, man. There was a lot of. Well, I'm, I'm. We're recording this on Sunday, on July 30th, 2023. So Saturday night, man, there was a lot between this Spence and Crawford. Just lots of fighting going on at a high level, and I love it. And the last bit we'll cover. Um, we don't got to spend a ton of time on this, but it's worth a note. Uh, it was an event and lost crossover promotions, even when one side is clearly beating the other, but. Bellator versus Ryzen 2 uh, happened also last night into the morning because that the car didn't start till like 11. However, God knows however long it went on. Um, I can't speak on a lot of these fights, so only only have a chance to, few, to see some of them. Um, but I'll briefly talk about some of the ones that I did catch. Um, the main event, this at least of the Bellator versus Ryzen part of the car, was Pitbull versus Roberto de Souza. It was a decent little match. Tricky ended up winning via a leg kick. Just, it was wild because it didn't even look like he really kicked him that hard. He yeah, kicked he just him. swept him out from underneath him and followed it up with like some really good ground it looks like. Yeah. Got him out of there. Shouts to Shouts to Patricky. Um was he, is he is he rising lightweight champ now? Is that up? I don't know if that was a title fight or not. I can't remember. I do not believe so, no. Um, no, no, it was not. 
Which would be wild because that would mean like three Bellator fighters are like, the <laughs> rising champions. But I, I mean, they, the the title wasn't up when AJ McKee fought him, so I doubt that they would put it up for this. So I'm not okay, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, Patricky does advance in the Bellator lightweight grand, tournament. Right? I think he's yep. yeah, I think he's fighting Alexander Shabli next. That should be fun. That should be fun. Shout out to the lightweight tournament. Glad that's that's still thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, it sucks that Agent McKee's out of it, um, but you know, staff infections. Staff infections, it, yeah, yeah. It, that's that's some that's that could be some dangerous shit. So hopefully, yeah. he's doing all right. But yeah, Patricky got that win. Um, this next fight, which we talked about off air, but Kyoji Horiguchi's Bellator run has just not been <laughs> just. It's 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 like Michael Johnson levels of curse. It's like you just don't really know what's gonna happen. And Kyoji Horiguchi, you I, just know it's not gonna go well. Right. <laughs> I hesitate to say Kyoji Horiguchi fought Toto Takahashi because it ended in 25 seconds in an accidental eye poke. Yeah, that was it. That was yeah. fight. I mean, there's uh, your. Inaugural Bellator flyweight uh, title fight. Yep, have fun. It's, it, it, it never really, never really sucks. Um, cause I, I like Gooch. I, I want him to be able to fight at 125 pounds. Fight dudes his size. Like the fight between him and Patchy Mix was just like you're not going to find more comical, uh, like what you call it, uh, stare downs. Cause right. oh boy. <laughs> Dude's like a full foot tall. Right. Man. <laughs> it it um, sucks because, like, Horiguchi's career started out so good and just great. Everything was fun. Fights were exciting. And now it's just, it's, it's weird watching him fight now. It just, it doesn't feel the same. Like, it, I it's. I mean, the ACL tear, man. Like, I, if we're being fair, like th- th- he was beating the shit out of Sergio Pettis. Like he was on his way to winning the title back. Sergio dug deep in his bag, found his brother's tricks, and just pulled out like a spinning back fist out of nowhere. You know that that that, that it happens. It happens. Go- Gooch is known to be um a little loose out of the uh clinch breaks, so it happens. But like the patchy mix fight, where for five rounds. Mix is just like taking his back, having his way with him on the ground. The Ray Borg situation, where like Bellator brings in Ray Borg to fight uh, Horiguchi at 125 pounds because Horiguchi's like, I don't want to fight somebody Patchy Mix's size again. <laughs> and Ray Borg comes in overweight, ends up getting cut by Bellator and just like released from his management agency. <laughs> Because they're like, this dude is too unprofessional. We don't want to work with him anymore. And now this. So it's just like, when it rains, it pours. Yeah, and it's pouring right now. Yeah. It is It is. It is pouring. Uh, moving on, that women's flyweight. Final Watanabe defeated Vita Ortega via unanimous decision. Um, fight that I did get to see, Magomed Magomedov. The guillotine against uh, Danny Sabatello. Uh, round one of the fight. So, it's a decent I, mean, fight. I, I, I hope I never have to see Danny Sabatello's name ever again. He like, probably will, he, but <laughs> I mean, I probably he, people like him who, who like to talk end up sticking around for a while. But 
I don't I I don't get the I don't get the appeal with him, man. I really don't. Like there are some people who swear by him. Um but like Yeah, so I gotta uh, hype somebody, like, man. Hype like, somebody. Gotta hype somebody. You gotta give it to the guy who's trying, but he's so generic and boring. Like, I made um, I made a joke, and, and shouts to uh, shouts to Germ on Twitter, because I I made the joke about um. How strong Strickland could have get a, a, a UFC title fight, <laughs> and uh, Germ pointed out Strickland don't got juice to carry a race war. Because <laughs> <laughs> the the fight the UFC wanted to make was the fight between is Adesanya and Drake Duplessis, and Strickland like less than a week ago came out and it was talking he was talking shit about Keith Lee. Uh, the former Bellator fighter and uh, TikTok star Keith Lee, because they used to train together, I guess. Um, it was t- I I cut it off after Strickland said I used to be a little racist. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's kind of burying the lead there. <laughs> used to right. be a <laughs> I said I used to not a little. I was just, just a little bit. <laughs> Small, a little pinch. It's racism. Oh, so boy. at least Danny Sabatella is not like going down that path where he's just like, well, I got to lean into like the race war shit. But oh my God. Like if he was a pro wrestler, this is a dude who wouldn't make it out the, the high school gymnasium. Like that, that's not, that's, you got to have like a hook, man. Like, Joe Sonnen was the same type of guy, but at least he had the common sense to steal actual wrestlers' material. Right. Like, he, he stole from the pros. Like, you are out here just like... <laughs> it's it's giving high school jock energy, and I don't... It, it's, it, it's painful to listen to. Him and Raphael Stotts just screaming at each other. <laughs> He's just like, oh my god, make it stop! Oh, he got he got choked out for his troubles. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah. Shout out to Mega Man, Mega Man off. Um, a fight I actually did want to see that I soon will get a chance to go back and watch. Uh, I'm not sure how good the fight was. I hope it was good, but Andre Korshkov. Sh- no, it was shit. Oh, don't tell me that. Oh. <laughs> Andre. Andre Korshkov realized in the Lyman Good fight that he could wrestle, and most of these other Bellator like uh, uh, I'm sorry, welterweights couldn't, and that doomed us to have Andre Korshkov wrestling matches for the rest of his career. Well, Korshkov got a split to, decision over Lorenz Larkin. To be yeah. fair, Lorenz did some cool stuff in here when he was on the feet. Like it, it wasn't like highlight stuff. It was like smart stuff. He's always been like a very smooth, very um, sound technical fighter. But like large parts of this fight are just Andre Korshkov on top of Lorenz Larkin. I want to see a world where Lorenz Larkin can just fight people who just want to strike. Like the Bellator welterweight division is not that world. It's not. 
It's not so so far removed. I just, there's there's I, a world where we we get Lorenz Larkin versus Wonder Boy. That's the world I want. Yeah, we could have had that world. Let's see. Could have had that. Yeah, Lorenz Larkin had to ride his win against Jorge Masvidal into a Bellator contract. Yes, that's. It's. I don't even think he's ever fought for the title. Now that I think about it, no. which is wild. No, no, no. He did. I'm not gonna pull up this record. Did he, didn't he? Did he fight? Am I, am I imagining that? Did not happen? I think he did. He, and he fought daily, and he got knocked out. Okay, no, no, yeah, he did. When he fought Lehman, it was for the belt. Okay, okay, okay. I, I was wrong. My bad. He did not exceed. He did he about daily. That was the thing. But, oh yeah, uh, it was that. It, I, I remember now. It was the one. It was that fight at uh. The, the Sun and Silva card mm. where I'm like, I like this fight and everybody else was like, this fight sucks. <laughs> to be fair, that fight did happen right after Ryan Bader versus Phil Davis, which is a fight that actually sucked. So I understand pe- people wanted a little bit more from their uh, their pay-per-view curtain jerker. Oh, no. I had like Lorenz Parkin versus like Jeff Neal or like Larkin versus man, I'm angry. <laughs> so many good fights. Lorenz Larkin could have had at you in the UFC welterweight division if he was still there. Whatever UFC going to UFC. I mean, this I think this was just a case of Larkin getting a better deal with Coker because Larkin was a Coker guy. Uh, he came up in Strike Force. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm, if Larkin's making good money, I'm happy for him. Like that, that's that's what matters that, at the end of the day. That's what matters. Yeah. Um, I'll speed through uh, most of the rest of these. Vugar Karamov defeated um, Karasakura uh, via rear naked choke in the first round. Uh, Juan Archuleta uh, got a win over Hiromasa Okukubo uh, via unanimous decision. Uh, Cesar Izakawa uh, choked out. Here, Lopez. I actually did watch this fight. It was only a minute long. Wasn't, wasn't a whole lot to watch. Ninja <laughs> choke. Yeah. I got, got two it. ninja chokes in like the span of a month. That's pretty good. Yeah. I got her out of there pretty, pretty quick. Um, A fight I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about because, good Lord, um, Chihiro Suzuki, Patricio Pitbull in a blender. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I've always said that one of the reasons um, Pitbull has been so successful is just because his opponents, one, he hits, he still hits pretty hard, and he's still pretty clean. But two, his opponents give him way too much respect. Like, if you if you just, if you push him, and you can get past, like, his first layer of defense, I mean, this dude's like 36 years old. You could probably get to him. And Jezero Suzuki is a man with no fear. Yeah, he just went forward. He didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, like as uh, for those of those like dudes like a legit kickboxer, he has a win over the current um, K1 lightweight champion. Like he he is legit as a kickboxer as a striker. Um, so it, it's not, I'm not too surprised that he knocked out Patricio Pitbull. He's playing with him. Matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Race playing by the ropes. Pretty sad to see, but uh, you know, 
It is I mean, what it's it not, is. It's not very often that Patricky's the better brother. Yeah. It, so. It, it happens. Poor Patricio. Oh my, but... well, uh, I know you wanted to blow through this, but did you hear what happened backstage after the fight? Mm-mm. So, um, Clubber Quake. Um, so, the Karamov-Asakura fight was for the vacant featherweight title because the actual champion, Clubber Quake Erbst, I think was his name, is his name. Um, it was on the last Bellator Rising Car, right? Yeah, uh, I don't. Maybe. Uh, I have to, let me double check. Uh, no, I, remember the, I remember the name. Yes, he fought Patricio. He fought yeah, yeah, Patricio. yeah, but I, say, I remember the name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so that makes sense of why he did this. Um, he missed weight in his last fight and lost the title. Um Back in June, so they 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 made the new featherweight title fight for today or for that uh, for the rise and portion of the card, but apparently after the Patricio and Patricky fights, um, the uh, Clever Quake uh, Erbst snuck into their locker room, and when Patricky's back was turned, kicked him in the back and then ran away. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and then Patricio went on Twitter and was like. He he basically just said what I just said. Just like this is what happened, Ryzen. You should never let this man fight for your organization <laughs> ever again. Hey, cle- hey, clever. Hey, bro, you can't. You can't do that. <laughs> that's, that's so childish. That's some straight sucker shit. That's so childish. <laughs> Come on, clever. Come on, bro. Yeah, you gotta be better than that, man. Come on. Oh, we, 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 just imagine like some little. Like some little little runt, like middle schooler, like <laughs> just running and kicking somebody in the back and leaving. Oh man, that is. Uh, I, I have the 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 Patricio. Clever Quake is a dirt loser and a coward. He celebrated <laughs> my loss and argued with my brother after fight. Later, he invaded our locker room, kicked Patricio Pitbull from behind, and ran away. Ryzen, a fighter like this should never be in your ring again. And then he um, adds Bellator for some reason. <laughs> oh, well, man. Kota, Kota Ibushi was apparently almost involved in Brawl with Clever Quake and Pitbull Brothers back. What the f- is just I, out I, here. Just <laughs> the menace. Mike, I know you don't follow, like, pro wrestling, but, like, Kota Ibushi is, like... I know the name. I definitely know the name. He's, like... New Japan, he was New Japan Pro Wrestling's like one of their top three guys. So imagine if, like, backstage at a UFC, like Randy Orton just got into a with like freaking Yair Rodriguez. Oh man, <laughs> I love this sport. Clever, so the, 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 the clever, the, the MMA villain, none of us asked for. Like, <laughs> nobody asked for this, clever. What are you doing out here, bro? Oh man! But uh, fight that I was excited to watch just because I like watching this gentleman fight. Uh, Tofik Masayev beat a breaks versus Akira Okada. I mean, thank God for Chizuru Suzuki's win over Patricio because otherwise these Bellator these Bellator fighters are literally just coming into Japan and just whipping everybody's yeah. ass. Albeit Tofik was a rising guy. Um, yeah, that, that's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Bellator keeps taking the fighters. <laughs> Tofik was on the other side of the fence, but he defected or was stolen, however you want to look at it. Um, 
Nah, man, Tofik's just fun to watch. Like, he he was hitting Akira with some just anything. He landed a nice little crescent kick. If you just want to see a striking down, just watch Tofik just put hands all over this poor guy. We got him up out of there. T, uh, TK owed him in the uh, him in the second round. He forgot has the feet in Bellator yet? Um, he's only he fought like once. On, he, yeah, he fought Shug Lee. He got knocked out with the body kick. Oh, and yeah, he, yeah. And then he fought Sydney Outlaw. Okay, okay. I was trying to remember. Okay, that it is. It was like it was like that weird stoppage where like people thought he got kicked in the dick, but it turns out now he just got kicked in the stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Tafik, though. That was a nice little, little beat down. The rest, the rest of these fights I didn't see, but I'll just go through them. Shinobu uh, Oda, defeated Kenta Nakizawa via TKO. Igor Tanabe defeated Daichi Abe, I'm assuming, uh, via Bill Hook. Strasser. I want to go watch that because I haven't that seen Strasser? it. Uh, no, wait, no, that's not Strasser. My bad. I do want to see a Bill Hook, though. Might have to go watch that. And last fight, Yuki Ito defeated uh, Hiroa Kondo via split. Decision that was Bellator versus Ryzen 2. Um, so just all the MMA, all the boxing within the last week. Like, it's just been a lot of fun watching fights. <laughs> like, it, there was, it was something for everybody this weekend. So exactly. some, some for everybody. It was a lot going on. And, like, and there were good performances. Like, sometimes we get a lot of hype and then it doesn't deliver. I felt like we got enough moments from this weekend um, to be excited about and looking forward to what we want to see these fighters do next. So definitely a good week of fights. Um, so if, if you're like me and you weren't able to watch a lot of these in real time, uh, definitely just, just go back and try to check some of these out. There were a lot of good performances this weekend. I guess upcoming, um, got Sanhagen versus Font. Um I guess for a replacement fight, not too mad. Original. I feel so bad for Rob Font. Like they are just feeding him. Like I guess the top of the Bellator, like I'm sorry, the bantamweight division is just like full of these guys who are just like finishers. But like, oh my god, it's a tough. It's a tough out. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's a tough out. Might be an understatement. But um, yeah, yeah. You gotta fight who you gotta fight. Um, that, that should be a fun. I'm looking forward to that. It should be fun. Yeah, and we got uh, on the um, the co-main event Tatiana Suarez back at 115 pounds, and she's fighting Jessica Andrade. I'm just happy to see Suarez back again. I'm just, I'm just happy. <laughs> Please stay healthy. Please, Please stay healthy. Please stay healthy. Yeah, I'm not even going to say what I was about to say because I, I don't want to put that out there. Because, oh my God, like, no, let me just say it. Um, I, I really hope that this doesn't go like the Rose fight, the first one. Because if she lands on her neck, that's probably it. Yeah. 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 Um, but sure. also, also happening this week is... um. We got we got one of the uh, one fight nights. Did and they have a card by... recently that I just happened to miss? I feel like they had one and I just missed it. I just um, didn't know they, what was happening. They had the um, the super light card not too long ago with uh, Gary Tonin on the undercard and uh, Petit Pet, Gija versus Laura Fernandez and 
Amir Ali Akbari tried to get in a fist fight with the the uh, the what's his name the the champion Makhtin Makhtin. Missed missed all that. Yeah. Oh, hold up, but, hold uh, up, hold up. Did did the Chingas fight? Did that happen already? No, that's that's the next one. Okay, but okay. Ooh, I was gonna be so hurt if I'm. <laughs> I was gonna be so hurt if I missed that. Yeah, we're getting Chingis Alazar versus Marat Gregorian three for the featherweight kickboxing title. Alrighty. Yeah, we also got Mikey Musumeci versus Jared Brooks for the flyweight submission title. Boring. Uh, Tawan Chai versus David Kiria and a John Lineker appearance. John Lineker also, appearances are always always fun. Also, we are getting the mega fight. The the one true freak show fight in MMA that we, we all need. Rug Rug versus Bushesha. Let's go Rug Rug. <laughs> so oh, I'm man. excited for that. Shout out to MMA. Where, who's Bushesha? Where's Bushesha from? Brazil. Well, let's go. Feel like I should know that maybe I've seen him before. I don't remember the name. He's the jujitsu guy, like one of the best jujitsu practitioners ever. Had that like legendary fight with um, was it Roger Gracie? Legendary match with Roger Gracie. Um, hold on. Uh, like we talked, I think we talked about it when they made because this fight was supposed to be like Rug Rug's like debut fight. I, I think Bushesha was just was like, I'm not ready to make my MMA debut yet. So he ended up fighting a little later against somebody else. But Oh, he's already fought in one before. Oh, yeah, he's fought four times. Okay. All right. Probably seen him and just didn't. Neither he was. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's like a, how many times has he won? The, he's like a. Like. One, two, four. Like. The man has won like the BJJ World Championships like ten times or something. It's this ridiculous grappler. He hasn't fought Rug Rug though. He has not fought Rug Rug. We're we're gonna see how well Jiu Jitsu does when one guy can literally just throw you on your head. Right. See 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 what that BJJ does. See how effective it really is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. That that was uh. That was a weekend, man. A lot of fun fights. Good time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really hurt I didn't get to watch all this in real time, but even still to see people's reaction. I felt like for the first time in a while, um, at least from what I saw, a lot of people just appreciated good fighting instead of complaining about whatever, whatever. Like, right. I think all this weekend, people were watching and we were able to just respect and have fun with what we were watching. Um, I feel like this was a weekend for like I don't, I don't know if I want to say purists. I don't like, know. The, like this, this is the weekend that like where fans of like new fans are made. Right. Like yeah, this. It, this is the like this is the thing that's going to inspire like somebody to like watch the UFC and. Bellator and Ryzen religiously for like four years and then eventually burn out because they're like, oh, it's not always like that. 
But like somebody somewhere got invited to a fight party and they saw Crawford and Spence and they're gonna watch the next boxing fight that they see now. Because they, they Yeah, they and the next the, the next Yeah, and the next one is fucking Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah. That's eventually what they didn't tell him about the fight party. Joe would become jaded like the rest of us. But yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a fun ride while you're on here. You just you gotta expect the pitfalls that are inevitably gonna happen. I I I will say this because I I don't want the last goddamn boxing match I be talking about to on here to be about fucking a, a Paul brother fight. Um, on August twelfth, obviously you got AJ Dylan White too. Um, I mean your mileage may vary on how much people care about that, but the actual really good fight is Emmanuel Navarrete Navarrete versus uh Oscar Valdez, which will be on ESPN plus. That's the fight. That's gonna be good. There you go. You got two knockout artists going head to head, and neither one of them is particularly good at defense. It's great. Defense is overrated. Need <laughs> to see these hands. But, you don't uh, need to defend somebody. You don't need defense if the other guy's unconscious. I'm just saying. But defense is punching the other guy. Yeah. You're defending yourself. That's what that is. That's defense. <laughs> Unless you're fighting Terrence Crawford. Yeah, in that case, yeah, you might want to figure something. <laughs> I want to figure something else out. Um, I guess last a bit before we close out. Uh, one thing I would like to mention. I'm I'm like a month late uh, on this because I I, think I remember hearing about it and then I just kind of forgot that it was a thing. Um, but there was a Miguel Torres documentary. Wait, a month really? ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, from this dude. What's his name? Want to give the right guys props. Um, his name is Ray Huey. I'm sorry if I'm butcher his name. Ray R A Y uh, Huey. Huey, H-U-I, sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Um, it's a short documentary. It's only like 24 minutes. Um, but no, it was it was really cool, man. Um, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, I'm pretty sure you know that me and Antaku both love the WEC. That was like my favorite MMA era. So many good memories of WEC. And Miguel Torres was a main reason why the WEC was so fun to watch because he was like, Back when the lower weight classes weren't as popular as they are now, like he was really that guy, one of those guys at that time. And um, this man had Frank Mir like creaming in his pants on commentary. Like, <laughs> like man, Miguel, Miguel was that dude, man. One of my all-time favorite fighters. I love watching this guy fight. The the documentary was cool, man. It's like I said, it's a short documentary. Um, it covers it covers everything. You see the before. Um, in the before, during, and after, in terms of his fight career, um, and I'm 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 always happy to see fighters post their career and see that they've found something. Because a lot of guys, you know, like all they know is fighting, and then once it's done, they might some of them spiral out because they don't really have anything else to cling on to. And uh, one thing in the documentary that stuck with me that made me really happy was that he said he like he found his purpose. Like, for a while, it was tough to, like, not be in the fight life because, you know, your body just can't can't hold up anymore. I think he mentioned um he was trying to do a comeback fight during this retirement, but, like, he tore his AC. He tore something or like, missed a knee or something, and that kind of threw everything off. He still ended up finding purpose and, you know, finding... He kind of found his way after fighting, which for me was... was Really good to see that he's like coaching now. He kind of has like his own little gym, and he he enjoys just like helping other people out. You know, trying to spread all the knowledge that he had while he was fighting. 
times. That was. I mean, I'm I'm so happy to hear that because like, especially those dudes who just seem to revel in like, right. Um, but like the chaos of it all, like you know, there's there's a reason why um, you know, I'm I'm worried about Tony Ferguson. It's just like they 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 are of a similar type when it comes to how they fight, and it just it it, it feels like it translates poorly to like. Mm-hmm. Having to get like a non-competitive job, but I'm, I, I don't I'm think it, like he mentioned like it wasn't the easiest transition, but he still was able to make the transition and kind yeah, of you know, like, and I'm like, can't do this no more, but I can still contribute to it and can still be around it, just not in that capacity. Like I just I can't do the actual fighting anymore. Yeah, and that's uh, it's so. Weird, because we talk about dudes like they're like, like I we talk, I, I, you heard like how we were talking earlier, like oh Tony's like so old and blah blah. blah. It's just like no, these are dudes in like their mid thirties, right? Who like all they know is like fighting, like it is the thing that has grounded them throughout most of their like lives, like especially their adult lives, and then you have that taken away from you, it's it, it, it's it's a lot, right? Because it's not like, I mean, you you hear the same thing with other sports like basketball and football and baseball or whatever. But like, you, you can't. Re- you can still go play like if you're like a basketball. If you're an NBA. You can still go play like pickup. You know what I mean? Right. There's not a lot you can. No, you you can't just go fight like. <laughs> yeah. It's but you like, can, yeah. but you're gonna end up on World Star. It's not a good. Well, yeah, and you end up world. You can go train and shit, but so it's not the same, right? It, it's real. Like you, like if you're in the NBA, you can go like do the big three or whatever, or like you can still be around the game in a like, semi-competitive. You can't just like you can. I guess you can do exhibitions, but like it's so different. It's so it's sad, almost. It's sad, yeah. yeah. And it's like yeah. you can't just go to the park and fight people. <laughs> yeah, you know, people don't, don't be the guy with the BJ Penn video fighting civilians. Don't be that. Don't, don't be that guy. So I'm so happy and that B, his BJ and that guy are one in one. So I, I feel like they have to settle. <laughs> That's too sad. Oh, that is so sad. But uh. Yeah, if I can remember, um, for those interested, I'll leave a link, uh, to the YouTube, uh, the video in the description below. So definitely check that out. Um, especially like if you if you grew up watching MMA or if you were in that era, that WEC era, if you were a fan of that era, I'm pretty sure this is a documentary you would probably enjoy. Like I said, it's real short; it's only twenty four minutes. It's quick to uh, watch. I just I watched it while I was working. Yeah, and I just wanted like to. A new- if you're like a newish fan of like MMA and like or I say newish, like the fucking WC was like over twelve years ago. Like you God, that's so weird. That's yeah. so weird. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember it so vividly. I missed that yes. cage so much. Bro, I remember just turning I was like, Final two, what is versus? And I just clicked and I was like, Oh my god. <laughs> what have I just stumbled onto? What is oh, this my great ten years ago? Uh, I was in high school. God, oh god. Okay, no. <laughs> if if you if you weren't around for WEC, if you weren't around for Miguel Torres, 
go seek that shit out. Yes. Go go watch Miguel Torres fight. Um. Oh my God! Like basically everybody. Everybody. Well, win or lose. It doesn't matter if you win or lose. Just just go watch it. Yeah, like go, like don't watch the UFC stuff. That's kind of sad, but um. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, his fights with Joseph Benavides, Takei Mizugaki, um, Yashiro Maeda, um, Manny Tapia. Like his run up to the title is like it's everything you want in MMA, man. He he was so good everywhere, especially for like two thousand nine, two thousand eight. Yeah, ahead I, I won't say ahead he was ahead of the game, game but. I, I I wouldn't even say it like that. I just say like, for what MMA was at that time with those like that specific skill sets, he was at the top end of what that the what the meta was at the time. Right. Like, and it, it led to some of the, like he he was incredible. He was incredible. That's basically what I'm trying to get across. Yeah, def- definitely. Uh, definitely go check that out. Um. Part I didn't prepare for with this podcast. Um, this was our last fight on our little checklist that yeah. we had. Um, can't say we're done. I'm pretty sure there will be another fight or another one because the sport is just too nonsense. Combat sports in general is just too crazy. Um, something will happen. Pretty sure that'll make it. Hey, we should probably talk about this. Um, what that fight will be. I don't know. Um, you know, it happens, I guess, when it happens. But, you know, if you want to check the back catalog, we got 178 other episodes you can go listen to of us uh, talking about so much. Um, if you want to, like, listen to what the UFC was like before the Contender Series, go listen to the podcast. Like, we... <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, we got out just in time before that came along. Dude, we always had something to say about every single goddamn fight. We did. That's wild to me. We now did because I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the, the 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 lineup for like next week. I'm like I I don't recognize like a good amount of these people. And I'll I sound like still 40, watch like every week. It sounds like three or forty fights. Careless. What's going on on this card? That says a lot, because me and Joey covered a card where every fight went to decision, and we still talked about that card for like, <laughs> and that card was terrible. <laughs> and we still talked about it for like two hours. But yeah, these cars nowadays, I uh, could not imagine. Could not imagine. But um, yeah, no, this is uh the like alleged last episode of this podcast, but. If I was to place my money on it, I'll be back at some point. And that point will be, I don't know. Um, be on the lookout. So make sure you're following us everywhere. No, I got one for you. I, I, I think I got one. Oh, what we got? If it ever happens, would you want to talk about Fury versus Usyk? Oh, that's another one. Ray just conveniently <laughs> said, nah, we ain't, I ain't fighting him. He's like, I'm going to go fight Francis and Ganu. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. It's a, it's a big fight. We'll see. Hopefully, it doesn't happen when they're both like 45. I mean, that, that's like that, that's like their mid 30s for heavyweight. Oh, yeah, that is, that is true. I mean, Usyk's, bare, Usyk's not really a heavyweight, so that he might be struggling. 
Yeah. I don't know if he'd be able to move around as well. <laughs> you better make that fight like quick. Better yeah. make that fight kind of quick. Oh, man. Yeah, well, we'll definitely be back. I'm pretty sure we'll be back. Um, for those who have listened up to this point, we definitely appreciate you. Shout out to all the, the Tumblr, Tumblr folk, the day ones, any new listeners. Shout out to people that are still just randomly listening to episodes. Every now and again, I go look at SoundCloud. I'll see you. Yeah. Uh, so anything else? Last little parting thoughts before we, we, we get up on out of here? Um, I mean, we're, st- we're in the middle of, like, summer. Um, uh, I know it's hot out, like, uh, today, today was the first, like, not terrible day. It's been in yes. a while. Same over here. First moderately yeah. hot day that's, like, reasonable. Um, um, I mean, I-, I know the heat dome has passed for most of the United States at this point, or is passing and things are going to be relatively normal, relatively in line with what people are used to in the summer. So I'm going to say take that opportunity to go outside and enjoy nature while it's still there and not on fire. Yeah. And that's not like metaphorical fire. I mean, like actual fire. Yeah. (laughs) I I was supposed to go freaking hiking in the Pine Barrens in June. In South Jersey, and the weekend I was supposed to go, the gut like it was on fire. Mm. So that sucked. Go <laughs> <laughs> go touch some so, grass. It's not the grass that's on fire. Well, yeah, just not the grass that's smoking. But yeah. you know, it, try to enjoy the break in the weather. Like I, I, I was like, being outside does wonders for your mental health. There you go. And I'll say, uh, as always, take care of yourself. Uh, drink some water. It's hot now. You definitely don't got no You better drink some water. This is too hot now. You got to drink water. Drink some water. And shout out to all the writers that are on strike. Pay. Pay hey, those people their yeah. money. Pay them. Writers, actors. Um... Writers, actors. And I've been hearing uh, the animation. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're well, getting there too. Fuck all these executives in every single industry, uh, entertainment, um, finance, freaking uh, retail service. Because everybody, like you, you, from like Starbucks to like Walmart to you've seen, I've seen like so many different people trying to organize, trying to unionize, um, and. It, it it's making it's making me so happy to see people fight for. Hey man, the 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 jig the jig is up. <laughs> the jig is up, bro. The jig is up. Yeah, we, we all to... know how much money y'all are making. Yeah, y'all gonna have to. We 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 pat. We're not supposed to count people money. No, we count money. We count money now. Y'all gonna have to try to break a little more of this bread off. All the plan out here. But uh, yeah, that has been this uh episode. Open time and episode of the Dodo Talk podcast. Go look back at all the other episodes uh, in the meantime. And hopefully, maybe at some point, we'll be back in the future. But you can catch me on social media. I'm Serial Sensei on all platforms, including Twitch, where I play video games and stream. I'm also on the YouTube page, Serial Sensei 410. Follow Anti Cool on Tumblr and on Twitter. 
So yeah, we all need streets. That still exists. I'm, uh, you mean X, my good sir? Oh lord, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't upload. I didn't <laughs> update it on my phone, but my iPad automatically updates it, and um, there's just a giant X logo in the it corner is. of the thing, it and is. I want to click on it to to exit out, but yeah, it's just there. <laughs> but we are on these social media streets, so even if as we're long not as podcasting, social media is still around because fucking all of them suck now. Yeah, we we still here. We're complaining about them, but we still got to use them. So you'll see us out here if you still want to interact, still want to talk about fights, all that good stuff. We're still out here. But uh, yeah, man, y'all take care of yourselves, kind to yourselves. And that has been this edition of the Living Talk Podcast. And uh, yeah. We will see y'all next time that we see y'all.